All right, get ready, y'all. It's time for the Sacred Fire of Liberty edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. You know what that means. Jonathan E. Mord's back in studio with us in a moment, and uh, we will crank it up again. Health, freedom, healing, liberty. <sighs> America, the, the the fate of the republic. Yeah, it's at stake, and I don't think, I, no, I'm not exaggerating. I wish I were, but I'm not. And we'll get updates from the campaign trail as he runs for the United States Senate in Virginia and a lot of other news stories that are coming up that you might be, yeah, I think, very intrigued by. And we'll talk about that with Jonathan. Scheduled an hour two is Lee Dundas. Uh, she has written a book. We've talked about it before. Just Stand Up, My Fight for Freedom from the Brothels of Asia to the Streets of America. Uh, she is a courageous uh, uh American, if there ever was one, in terms of fighting for uh, protecting kids who have been trafficked, et cetera, or stopping the trafficking. And and I hear that Jonathan's been learning a little bit about the threats to children, even in Virginia. The stuff goes everywhere. So we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. If you'd like to join us in the chat room at robertscatbell.com slash listen, we'll see you there or on the various places we haven't been banned. <laughs> join us there. Share the show. The Robert Scatbell Show is on. Jonathan Emore standing by. Let's get this party started right about now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Well, when we start the uh, Sacred Fire of Liberty each week, uh, I almost don't have to do anything but just say, hi, Jonathan, and I can take a break and relax, but I enjoy so much the interaction that I get every time. And we've been doing this for years together. Jonathan E. Mord uh, has, has whooped up on the oligarchy, the FDA, win, won eight times. Nobody else has done that. And the short version deciding that even with winning, the FDA is still abusing uh, the freedom of of Americans wanting to do that, which is their birthright and to communicate, to share, even economically and in, interact uh, and provide products that will empower you for health and healing. And so that's a big a motivating factor in his life. And it's not just about FDA, it's FTC, it's freedom of speech, it's eliminating and in, 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 uh, these unconstitutional oligarchical institutions, if you will, uh, that just don't don't belong in America. There's no constitutional foundation for them. He's decided, as you know, for those of you who have been with me for a while, or if you're new, he's running for the United States Senate in Virginia to defeat Tim Kaine, a George Soros, Hillary Clinton lackey. And uh, we need to, uh, we, we got some work to do, but he's doing great. And we're going to continue on that. And just before we went to air today, we've been talking about some of the details to give you a heads up. You should mark your calendars for September 18th, which is our Monday show. We're going to do a three-hour telethon in support of Jonathan E. Mord. Mike Adams is going to participate. We've got a whole host of celebrity guests and other supporters, uh, and that will be a, a simulcast on Brideon.tv. I'm just planting the seed for that. Remember that date, September 18th. You want to tell all your friends. If you usually catch once a week, it's not that day, whatever, join us that week, and then there'll be another event we'll be announcing on the 19th that will be an in-person event. So stand by for that and a whole lot more as we kick in the Robert Scabell Show but I kick it into gear. That's what we call it with Jonathan Emord. Hey, Jonathan. Robert. Great. There you are. <laughs> you know, I'm just like the frenetic energy and all that's going on, the excitement about your candidacy, but at the same time planning these events and I've gotten to just kind of show up to a few of them. And it's like, it's, it's intense because I want to do everything just right. As you know, I want to make sure the message is clear. But doing this telethon, I'm already anxious about it. And super Don, we're going, this is going to be so awesome, but there's a lot of details. 
Robert, don't worry. Just go to sleep. Let it happen. <laughs> don't worry, Robert. You just let it happen. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. No, no engagement at all. But uh, Jonathan, I don't, that's why I bring that up only to say, look at you. How are you holding up? Uh, you know, the, the, the trail has been, uh, you know, already arduous for a while and you're on it and you're smiling and you're showing up at places, answering questions, lecturing and, and meeting people that, you're probably learning about some things even in Virginia that y- you were not fully aware of. And that what I've said recently about that, the danger to children in these public schools. Yeah, on that score, Robert, it is horrific. I mean, for decades now, apparently, the Fairfax County Public Schools and likely the Loudoun County Public Schools, too, have had sex trafficking taking place inside the school. Unreal. Yeah. With kids who are students who are in the MS-13 gangs, and I'm telling you, this is, uh, I, I met with parents on Friday. Uh, they their, their, their daughters were trafficked in the Fairfax County Public Schools. And Robert, I'm telling you, that is one of the most horrific things I've ever heard in my life. Uh, this is so horrible, Robert. And it's right under the, the supervision mm-hmm. of teachers and uh, principals and ultimately the superintendents of schools. And I'm telling you, this is just outrageous that they've allowed this to go on. I mean, the first order of business in a school is to protect. Keep those kids kids safe. Good Lord. Jonathan, the the kind of things that you're encountering, if we were just talking about this casually, Hey, I, you know, I think there might be some trafficking actually going on in the public school system in Virginia or name the school system in this country. Most people would go, that's crazy. You know, that that wouldn't happen. That couldn't happen. And and confronting this reality is something we are all having to not only with the Sound of Freedom movie coming out, but it's a stomach churning reality in our culture and around the world that this happens. And again, it takes, you know, new meaning to what needs to be corrected. You know, the deep oh, Robert, layers that need to be corrected. There were 800, 800 separate instances of sex trafficking admitted by the Fairfax County Public Schools in Fairfax County Schools in 2012, 800 separate instances. In 2021, they admitted that it is in every high school in Fairfax County, oh, is man. in is in several middle schools in Fairfax County, and in some grade schools. So we're talking about one of the kids that that I that I uh, received information on on Friday from the from her mother. Her mother said at the age of twelve, in her middle school, a, another boy expressed interest in her, her, and that boy, unbeknownst to her her daughter, was in this MS thirteen gang, and was trying to sex traffic her. Ultimately, what happened was this girl was induced into this gang, and into the into the sex trafficking and what happened robert is that she was sex trafficked during the day they would come by take her out of school sex traffic her in the in in fairfax county and bring her back before the end of the school day and she'd get on the bus and go home and her mother was oblivious to it and what they told the girl was if you don't do what we tell you to do we will kill your brother we will kill your parents. They showed her pictures of her baby brother and oh, of her parents. Yeah. They told her that 
this would happen. And they even went, had the house of the parents under surveillance, even went up to the little boy's bedroom window and would would aim a gun at him. And and they would take pictures of this and give it to the daughter. Anyway, this type of thing went on and on. And this girl, this went on for years, Robert, Mm. and totally destroyed this girl. And I'm talking about, you know, there's no excuse. She complained. That girl complained, even at the risks that she yeah. was facing. She complained to her teachers. She complained to the, the school principal. And they did nothing. They didn't, they, they, they talked to the children. They talked to the boy in the classroom. And he said, oh, that's my girlfriend. You're, you're hearing this firsthand from the mother. Firsthand. Because I re- I'm representing the mothers of these, I'm representing the families of these sex traffic kids right now. Oh my God! I didn't realize that you, that you had. Uh, I, I'm just can't. I can't imagine hearing but about it, this directly from them. It is so outrageous that it's going on, and there's the cover-ups within the schools, and they're failing to report the instances to the attorney general. They're failing to to uh, kick the kids out who are involved in these gangs. They keep them in the classroom. There's no, they, they do no discipline and they try to hide from these situations because they don't want to be drawn into them. So rather than protect kids, they're protecting themselves. Oh man. I, you know, we, we were complaining. It's like, they're not teaching kids the basics, right? And also the strangeness that they are teaching them about, uh, you know, thousand genders and all, but this goes even beyond that when you talk about trafficking children in schools in America. That's why, you know, some people say, hey, the Sound of Freedom movie didn't go far enough. Well, look, it's a movie contained and constrained within that story and the stories that were shared there. But it's so much worse. And it's like, how do you, you know, this is the thing. How do you get through the day when you realize this is going on right under our, our noses? And you know what's making it worse, Robert? This whole woke agenda in the schools the, the sexualization prematurely of kids, destroying their innocence and having them uh, view sex as a casual thing. I mean, that's a real problem because it's feeding right into the agenda of these sex traffickers. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely helping them. And so uh, I'm, I'm working with a police detective named Bill Wolf, who is running for the state Senate in Virginia. And he was on the sex crimes unit in Fairfax uh, police. And he is, he's one of the best in it, in, in that field. He, he actually broke up a number of these operations. And then unfortunately he's, he's resigned from the police. And so, you know, it's back to, to really having a very abysmal level of, of protection. So the fact of the matter is though, he told me in detail, uh, when I was at his event, he explained in detail to us, precisely what they would do, the techniques used and so forth. Mm. Um, it is horrific, Robert. And mm. we're, they prey upon the suburbs, the more affluent suburbs, not the cities, mm-hmm. because the city kids are by and large streetwise mm-hmm. and, they, and they know all about this. So they're not going to be influenced and drawn into this as readily. Well, there's a naivete the out there in the suburbs, the, the, the wealthier areas. They don't perceive that this is going on. And so there's no level of awareness protection in the school systems and the people participating in it. Yeah. So uh, Bill co- Wolf said, he said, he said, look, he interviewed a whole bunch of these kids who they were busting for being involved in these sex trafficking rings. And he said over and over again, he'd ask them, why do you choose this school? Why do you go here? Why, why in Fairfax County? And they would say over and over again, just what you're saying, which is, 
you know, the kids are, are more impressionable. They really believe our threats. Uh, we don't have to make good on the threats because they do exactly what we tell them to do when we give them these threats. Uh, and they're also more vulnerable to being seduced. They were more vulnerable. And, and you know what, Robert, you, want, you know how outrageous this is? There's one kid who is 20 years old, still in high school, purposefully flunking so that he can stay in the high school as an adult and, and be one of the masters of this whole sex trafficking ring. The school's aware of these a lot of these kids and that they are in sex trafficking or at MS-13, and they're not taking action. Yeah, I, I just this man as a dad, I just want to go in and, and bust some heads. You know, they're, they're just like when people do this to kids, yeah. there's no mercy. But at the same time, you got to work through the you know the legal system. Otherwise, we're talking vigilante justice and things. But how, well, how can yeah, you put- I'm working on that? I'm working with the the same man, Bill Wolf, who's running yeah. for the state senate of Virginia. I'm I'm working with him uh, on a number of pieces of legislation. First of all, we're gonna we're gonna get direct authority, which he does not have, believe it or not, in Virginia, direct authority for the attorney general to prosecute these cases. Then I want to have in every school in Virginia a a officer assigned solely for the purpose of acting against sex trafficking Hmm. so that that officer can receive complaints from kids if they're injured, you know, if they're subject to these things and can report it directly to the attorney general's office. getting out of the the whole culture in the schools, which is to protect themselves, not the kids. So you get that directly into the uh, hands of the attorney general and the governor, and then they can take direct action and protect these kids. The other thing I want to do is on the federal level, I want to introduce legislation that will require that the attorney, the United States attorney's offices all across the country have a separate United uh, a, a assistant United States attorney mm-hmm. dedicated exclusively to prosecuting these sex trafficking cases. Of course, we've got to solve the border problem too, because sure, it's all related. Gangs they're yeah. pouring across yeah. the southern border and adding to this whole sex trafficking thing. Whole bunch of people are being sex trafficked right through the border. They're being brought in. Jonathan. Sex traffickers are coming. I mean, the border situation is also absolutely has to be solved quickly. But this is the destruction of our civilization, Robert. This is the destruction. You destroy kids. You create this environment in schools. You have sex trafficking in schools. There's no way kids can learn. There's no way they can survive. Not only that, I want to up the penalties. So I want to up the penalties both in the state and the federal level. I want capital punishment for adult sex traffickers who, who cause the death or permanent injury of a child. I want capital punishment for that. I want all of the proceeds that they obtain from sex trafficking, including all properties that they acquire, liquidated as part of the the penalty for sex trafficking, and all of that money be be given back to the victims of of sex trafficking, with a percentage of it going to these new United States AUSAs that I want to have, as an incentive for their offices to continuously prosecute this. It would go to their offices and would help them uh, build, you know, more, more investigative units and so forth on sex trafficking to get into the schools. We, if we don't stop this, Robert, can you imagine? I mean, we've already got fentanyl in all the schools. We got fentanyl. It's outrageous also because of the border situation. 
and now sex trafficking. And then also they've got assaults, batteries going on with virtually no action to discipline the kids that are involved with this. This is, you know, the danger again of uh, allowing this corruption to continue one more day. Uh, It's the hardest thing, of course, is being able or willing to see this because it's so horrific that you don't want to see it. You don't want to know it. And they've utilized that against so many of us over the years ago. Well, you wouldn't want to consider that this is even going on. Uh, yet we've got to have the, uh, this, the the fortitude and the wherewithal to go forward in this regard. I, I know that's adding to the, the mix of the things you plan to do once you're in the United States Senate, for sure. Um, I got to, I got to, switch on that as you, you know, and I know that you'll be writing some articles on it and there's some things you've shared about on your campaign about the meetings that you've been having there as well. So everybody check out emord4va.com as well as we go through this um, and learn about it. There was a, a Substack, criticallythinking.substack article that came out that I sent to Superdon and we both agreed this would be a good one for you to look at because you've known about this for so many years and it's, it's just like a stunning a, a revelation for others that are figuring this out. The FDA, for instance can say or do anything it wants with no repercussions. And this is a John Draws Jr. who wrote this, and he's just astonished by, you know, the FDA basically saying whatever it wants. There's no accountability whatsoever uh, specific to how many hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people died needlessly because the FDA said, don't use ivermectin, for instance. And they're like, well, we didn't say you didn't have you. I mean, you see what this article is all about. You know this all so well. Yeah, uh, the reality is that the FDA uh, is a captive of the drug industry. And as a consequence, it's no surprise at all that when hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin were shown to be effective in early treatment of, of COVID, that they acted quickly to dissuade uh, uh, not only them, but also through the CDC as well, to dissuade the public from getting access to it. I mean, look what they did. They caused physicians who were prescribing it to be intimidated out of doing it. They caused pharmacies to, to be pressured into not making it available to doctors for treatment of COVID. Even when doctors would prescribe it, they, they turn the pharmacies into uh, uh, reporting agencies that would go to the, the medical boards and report on the doctors. So they froze out of the market a whole bunch of physicians right off the bat. And then the last physicians, the ones that were just, their compassion overcame their own sense of self-protection they uh, uh, did the work that needed to be done in prescribing it, but they got themselves in a lot of trouble with the medical boards and so on. Why did this happen? Because FDA took the position first that it's had no problem. Ivermectin, no, it can be uh, used for an off-label use. Oh, hydroxychloroquine, okay, well, that's fine. You can use it for off-label use. Then the drug industry comes in and says, hey, look, people are using ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, right and left. You gotta stop this. So then what does FDA do? Oh. We are recommending against it. There are risks associated with it. Ivermectin has been used as a, uh, there are animal versions of it that have higher doses and may pose a threat to people. Well, who is talking about animal doses? No, they're giving them the human doses. And then they raise that issue and they use it based on a few instances where people are using veterinary formulations and then they cloud the issue. I mean, they're all bought and sold by the pharmaceutical industry. It is one of the most corrupt institutions in the country. The Food and Drug Administration is a corrupt, industry-controlled enterprise. It has been that way since, uh, I mean, even before 
Dr. Mm -hmm. David Graham testified in Congress and explained it. Dr. Graham, who is then the Associate Director of the FDA Office of Drug Safety, said that FDA was a captive of the drug industry, that if, F that if a drug company uh, had a problem with a drug, the FDA would come to rally around the, the drug company, not the public, defend the drug company in its interests. And he gave numerous examples of that, Vioxx being one of the most profound examples where Vioxx was, has, was heart toxic and the FDA kept it on the market anyway. Um, even with FDA Commissioner Lester Crawford approving it for use in pediatric rheumatoid arthritis patients when it was already known to be heart toxic, he overruled his staff and, and made it available to kids. Mm. And then where did he go when he left the FDA? He went to an institution called Policy Directions, Inc., and one of its principal clients was none other than Merck that made Vioxx. So, I mean... These, pe these people have no souls. When I, when I dealt with, when I represented Zachary McConnell, an eight-year-old boy who was dying of a glioblastoma, and he went to uh, um, uh, the clinic in Texas. Brzezinski's clinic. And he had received antineoplastins, and his tumor in his brain that was inoperable was shrinking. This after he'd gone through horrific radiation and chemo treatments that cut his body weight in half. He was banging his head against the wall because of the pain he was experiencing in his head from the radiation treatments. And I'm telling you, it was horrible. And he went down there, he got the treatments, and his tumors began and his brain began to shrink. And it was on MRIs that I saw myself and submitted to the FDA when the FDA came in and said he had to be taken off the clinical trial because he didn't meet the criteria for qualification, even though it was helping him. They pulled him off the trial. Then I went to Congressman Dan Burton, and I explained the whole situation to him. After I first talked to Dr. DeLapp at FDA and said, you've got to let this boy back on these treatments. It's inhumane. You would never do this to your own son. And he told me, well, we used our own criteria. We evaluated. He doesn't meet the the uh, protocol, so he's not allowed to continue in this. I said, this is absolutely barbaric. It's in, inhumane. He's an eight-year-old boy. Mm. And then I went to Congress with uh, Congressman Dan Burton. We agreed on the whole thing, that it was horrible. And he was going to put the FDA commissioner on the spot with me next to him, asking him questions in an open public hearing and make him account for all of the kids that suffered this. So as soon as that was communicated with me in the room to the FDA commissioner, the FDA commissioner uh, did an, a volt face, did an about face, and he. the next morning I received a, a at that time a fax mm -hmm. where they reevaluated their position and said, oh, actually, he should be allowed into the clinical trial. Now, it took me a month to get there, working feverishly on this, took a month. And he got back on the antineoplastins, and you know what, Robert, his tumor had grown so much in that month that they couldn't help him. Yeah. And he died. The FDA, the FDA killed him. Yeah. The people in the FDA are not people at this point. And Jonathan, can you please explain to this audience and those that are new what you will do in the Senate, U.S. Senate, that has not been done in, in curtailing the FDA's powers? What can you do? Because people are cynical about this. Is there anything that can be done? You know, many Congress critters have said, oh, we can't do anything, right? You're going to go in and it's going to be done. Take a look. Let's take a look at the health claims regime. 
You get FDA with a prior restraint patently in violation of the First Amendment. They make you give to the government what you want to say about what a nutrient does to a disease, and then they evaluate it, and then they tell you whether you can proceed. Well, you know what? That's not how the First Amendment works. The First Amendment denies government the power to censor information and to have prior restraint, and it invests in you the power to speak. You don't have to go to government to ask to speak. You speak, and you suffer the consequences of your speech. If you engage in an act of deception, if you engage in an act of fraud, you can be prosecuted for that, but only after there's evidence that you are engaged in those things. Otherwise, the First Amendment placed the presumption in your favor that you're going to tell the truth. So what am I going to do? I am going to remove FDA's jurisdiction over health claims and get them out of the business of policing nutrient disease relationship information. When it comes to this drug situation, FDA is hopelessly corrupt. It is under the thumb of the drug industry. There is no independent review of the drugs before they're approved. The drug industry's own clinical trials are the basis for drug approvals. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna develop a system, statutory system, of private drug reviews by universities and other uh, clinical laboratories. They will have to establish under the statute that they meet the criteria for evaluation. They will then evaluate under, under generally recognized scientific principles, the safety and efficacy of a, a synthetic substance that is proposed for the treatment of disease, a drug. And, and, and they will do that in a blinded manner under the statute. So the drug industry will not know what entity is evaluating the drugs to prevent undue influence. And then when they publish their results, that will be it. The drug will be approved or not based on the results. If the drug industry has a problem with that, they can sue to have the, uh, the thing reevaluated. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is, if there is substantial evidence to support the university or other institutions determination on safety and efficacy, that will stand. And here's the thing. By doing this, we're gonna learn about the relative safety and, and efficacy of drugs as we never have before, because this information is gonna be published and it's gonna be apparent to people. And the reasons why the scientific investigators have concluded what they have will be transparent. So rather than locking this up inside the FDA, public being completely oblivious, we're gonna have the information available publicly. And you know what? This whole thing of having drugs presumed to have no problems by the FDA because the drug company itself did not report during their clinical trials a problem. This is how we're getting unsafe drugs on the market all the time. Mm -hmm. That's how we got Vioxx on the market. That's how we got Ketech on the market. You know, Ketech, they made up the clinical trial. Yeah. They made it up, Robert. They didn't even do it. They mm -hmm. made it up. Look at and, look, and you know what? This is what's so remarkable about that. Shows you mm -hmm. how corrupt the FDA is. Yeah. They made it up. FDA discovered that they made it up. The the medical reviewers reported it to the FBI. The FBI engaged in an investigation to prosecute, but the FDA approved the drug and its indications based on what they knew were fabricated. Right. Clinical. Well, and think about this other other very recent example of remdesivir, a deadly drug, if there ever was one, destroying the liver and kidneys of anybody who was on it. 
And this, this was you know, told to be the only treatment that we were going to allow you to do in hospitals. And it took a doctor of chiropractic, my friend of mine now, Brian Artis, to point out that to the world and suddenly the, the medical community that wasn't aware of it was like a gas. Those that, that were not in those hospital settings, looking at these protocols that were killing everybody and those doctors who were brave enough to use, you know, we've talked about the, the, uh, the safer medicines, if you will, much less integrating dietary supplements and other things with, uh, with other treatments that the FDA really tried to dissuade you from. And now it's claiming, well, we really didn't. Right. They rewrite history, Robert. Yeah. When, when we had to sue them over the folic acid neural tube defect claim to save 2,500 preventable neural tube defects from happening. Yeah. And it saved countless NTD rela uh, related abortions from happening, which we did do. We won that case. And you know what they say now? They rewrote history just like you're talking about. And they, they say, well, FDA was always for folic acid. And they act as if they never were engaged in over a decade of censorship of that information. Yeah. And then they, they target. They, they rewrite history. They're like the yeah. like ancient China, right? The, mm -hmm. the dynasties of ancient China. You'd have <sighs> the history of one and then the new one comes in. They rewrite the history and they destroy the old Here, history. Yeah. I'd say there's over a century of history here. You've written about it in, you know, the progressive, the history of progressivism in America. The authoritarians is your book. But uh, I think about your career you know, the decades you've been doing this, how you're intertwined in this entire history and you're not going to let them escape what they've done. Yeah. And, and, you know, that, that also brings up the issue of ephedra. How many years ago we were talking about that as a legitimate medicine, if you will, or a natural substances from the plant plants of creation, God created this used for thousands of years. Suddenly now it was the cause of all of these deaths, which was not true unless you took this and synthesized it and created something else out of it. And that was, it was a competition for a lot of drugs related to respiratory disease, asthma, et cetera, and even weight loss. So they had to wipe out that competition, vilify it. Even at the end of the day, when they said people were dying from it, I think maybe one or two, less than five, if they could actually try to make a connection. And even those were a little bit suspicious. You know, all of these stories, you know, where the bodies are buried and going into the U S Senate, nobody knows as much as you about this, even though there are some that are sympathetic there, even some Democrats are, believe it or not, but you get in there, it, it changes the equation. And I think this is concerning to me because that means big pharma is going to throw a lot of money along with Soros and other people towards Tim Kaine, trying to get that Hillary Clinton lackey reelected. That's we, right. We need yeah. your help, everybody. We I mean, need, this is an uphill yeah. battle. We are fighting right. against, this is a David versus Goliath struggle. Mm -hmm. uh, and the thing is, Robert, you know, you and I are passionately committed to doing the right thing. And we want to save our country. And there are many, many forces that are at work desperately trying to do the opposite, to totally destroy this nation. And no one out there in your listening audiences and viewing audiences naive about this. Everybody in the United States with a scruple in their head realizes just how grave things are and how we are really approaching the brink of falling off into an abyss of totalitarianism and socialism. And those advocates of socialism and totalitarianism, they're in the minority, but they control this government right now. And they are pushing it as fast and as furious as they can. So, you know, we've got to stand up and fight against it. But I'll yeah. tell you, I'll tell you something else though that's kind of uh, a, a, an interesting situation. 
the people, as we go across the whole state of Virginia, the people in Virginia get it. They are sick and tired of having a senator that is bought into this, and they want something to change. They want to be able to have affordable gas. They want to be able to have affordable groceries. They want a competitive marketplace. They want their kids not to be indoctrinated in school. They want, they want education and not degradation. They don't want pornography in their schools. They don't want drag shows in their schools. They don't want their kids sexualized prematurely. They're just, they're just trying to get by. They want to live and they want to make a, have a better life for their kids. Mm-hmm. And they want their kids to go to school and learn the three R's and not go to school and not learn the three R's, but learn everything that you possibly can know about how many different pronouns you can use. We, we, if we don't stop this, this cultural Marxism, we will have the revolution. We will. We will have the revolution they want. We will have a bloodbath because they are attacking the very foundational principles, not only of this country, but also of each person who believes that they should be free. Each person who believes that they should have a moral environment in which their own families can grow up in accordance with their own religions without being intimidated by the government, coerced mm-hmm. or cajoled. They don't want their kids to go to school and be and be untaught what they're taught in, in church. They don't want their kids to go to school and be led to believe that sexuality among minors is, is perfectly normal and that grooming is something to be expected and is normal. They want their kids to have their innocence. They want their kids to be able to grow yeah. up and learn from them. Jonathan, we moved cross country yeah. to give an experience like that to my daughter, right? And she had a wonderful yeah. time being a kid uh, through those years. And I, I don't, I wouldn't want this on anybody's family. What you're describing going on in Virginia, and I agree. I, I think that you know, only the most deranged and deviant uh, folks would in, be like wanting this or not wanting anybody to investigate and. and uh, I say proverbially break some heads over this stuff. I mean, uh, anybody that looks at it's this is infuriating. I mean, yeah. if you have any sense of decency and you receive this, your blood boils. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I'm so motivated. I'm going to make sure that this campaign, that we are fighting for this every step of the way. When I get in there, I am going to absolutely go after these people who are responsible for condoning this get them out of the public school system. And as far as the public schools are concerned, for the time being, your children are at risk in Virginia. And I'm telling you, if I were in your shoes and if you can at all possibly do it, you got to get your kids get them out. out. Agreed. Get them out. It's yeah. not safe. Not at the all. Drugs, the sex trafficking, the assaults, yeah. uh, the whole destruction of any moral foundation for uh, ch- children to have virtue and to grow up in a good environment. All that stuff is out the window with this woke nonsense. Mm-hmm. So get them out. Save your kids. Get them Jonathan, out of uh, okay, on this issue, you're running. There's the presidential candidate race going on, too, in the same cycle. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen to Trump with all these indictments. We've covered it, how ridiculous they are, whether, you, again, separate from whether you like, hate, or are neutral on Trump. I'd like to think that he learned from his four years as president uh, his latest uh, statements are pretty, pretty 
you know, they're fired up. We will not comply. Trump warns COVID tyrants are eyeing lockdowns to interfere with the 2024 election. Um, it seems like every four years, this would be the play by Democrats to have another um, uh, pandemic so that they can go only mail-in voting and, yeah. and that kind of thing. Um, Ron Daniel never let a crisis go to waste. Yeah. So once again, again, the challenge is, and I'm acknowledging it, and I know you are too, election integrity moving forward. We want to succeed having a fair and free election, uh, it, you know, win or lose, it's not by cheating. And, uh, you know, it's a big part. Now, the whole do not comply message, I wish Trump would have uh, uh, been a little stronger when he was president, pushing back against Burks and and uh, Fauci. They, they lied to him. But again, I, I can't excuse him for that. These are things that destroyed our economy and led to, you know, the situation he's in now. And we all are in. So uh, I just want to say I'm not above giving people an opportunity to learn from their mistakes at the same time. We've got to make sure that people are aware that they do not have to comply with unconstitutional that regulations of behavior that are not actually the force of law. And we went through this, I think, last week with you as well. Yeah, look, uh, you have a constitutional right over your own body, personal integrity. Your liberty right protects you in your decision of whether or not to wear a mask, whether or not to be vaccinated. When government gets into the business of controlling your body, of telling you how you will treat disease, when it's entirely your body, there's no other reason for them to approach you other than to force you to do what they want you to do. If you go along with that, you're no better than a slave. You've forfeited your rights volitionally so you have to defend your rights. So we have to, as a people, we have to t collectively together in response to this, we have to say, hey, you know what? We are not going to wear masks. Mm -hmm. We're not. You can ask us CDC, you can uh, be polite, but if you try to make it a requirement to get on a train, a plane, a boat, uh, uh, elevator into a building, you're gonna insist that we wear these ridiculous masks that have done nothing to stop the trajectory of this disease, go fly a kite. Yeah. When it comes to the vaccines, same thing. Mm -hmm. You mean to tell me after all the adverse events that have happened with the vaccine, after all the information they tried to keep locked up for 99 years that we got out into the public that shows the full extent of injuries associated with this, this disease at, in the initial phases, Long term, we still have are going to see some amazing, horrific things. But after that, you're still going to say, as Joe Biden tried to say, that we're going to all have to take this new vaccine. Are you crazy? Yeah. We have to say no. We have to assert our our privileges as American citizens, our rights mm -hmm. to assert. Yeah. And they have to stop looking at our rights as mere privileges that they can eliminate. Yeah. Because they are rights and they had better learn that they are our servants. We are the masters and government should never be in the position of commandeering your body and compelling you to receive an injection or compelling you to cover your face. You can ask, mm -hmm. you can give us science, you can try to persuade us, but you cannot force us. And we're seeing the concept 
of nullification come back out in this. Uh, we already know Florida Governor DeSantis, uh, the Mississippi governor has said already that that's not going to happen on this in this state. Uh, and that's what and, governors should do. Yeah. Every governor of every state, that's what they should do. They should say, nope, the federal government is not going to force our citizens to violate their rights and give up their freedoms. We're going to stand in the way and have some courage and do it. Mm-hmm. That's what they need to and do. And if they don't, you do. I do. Each individual within those states nullified on that personal level at the local level, et cetera, and continue. We've had hard lessons to learn in the past few years. Do not go into an amnesiac state so quickly or ever, I would say. But uh, anyway, uh, good, good things, I think, are happening and pushing back on this before it occurs. Now, the issue of censorship and free speech, the Supreme Court may be uh, ruling on something coming up. Uh, Republican governors had looked to limit the ability of these social media companies to police content, but now the Supreme Court's going to be reviewing this case. We've talked about it. Do you have any insight or updates on what may be happening here and uh, the various uh, uh, challenges to the uh, violations of freedom of speech by these companies that were definitely impacted by uh, coercion from specific uh, politicians in the Democrat side primarily, but the Biden administration specifically? This is going to be a momentous decision out of the Supreme Court. We're going to see the court basically issue a decision that one way or another will mean either we have freedom or big tech can continue its censorship or some hybrid in between. But I'm telling you, I'm hoping that the Supreme Court majority will decide this thing squarely on the side of individual freedom. Here's the difference between a big tech platform and a newspaper or a radio station, or a television station. Big Tech went into this under the Cable Act, stating to Congress, and Congress reiterated, that they would be functioning as common carriers. They would not be engaged in editorialization. It would not be the equivalent of a newspaper. It would not be the equivalent of a radio station. So because they said they'd be common carriers and would allow any comer to go on and have their individual free speech, they got the privilege in the Cable Act, Section 290, what is it, 293, 294, I can't remember, that, that would shield them from liability for the content they were carrying. That's the only reason why that was in there. So now they're saying, oh, no, we have editorial privileges. We can decide whether or not content needs to be restricted. Well, you know, that's one problem. Number one is, nope, that's not the regime you bought into. That's not the situation. You are not a publisher. You are a common carrier. If you want the protection of that section, you have to be a common carrier. Now, the other thing here here is, Um, the fact that we have collusion between government and big tech. So it's not a situation where the big tech is unilaterally acting without its complicity and functioning as an agent of the administration. They went after people for criticizing the vaccine. Why? Because the government wanted them to do that. Because the administration wanted no opposition to a just go get uh, a jab Uh, message and the message that the jab was safe and efficacious. They wanted no opposition to that. They didn't want anyone, any scientists like Dr. Robert Malone, who, who endorsed me. Dr. Robert Malone was just completely censored because he had the courage to stand up and say, oh, no, this is a bad idea. 
the platform. He, he created the mRNA platform. I mean, he created that so scientifically. So then he became the subject of abuse because he bolted from the reservation saying, no, 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 you better not use that, you know? So it, it, we had a censorship environment. And whether the government acts directly or whether it acts through an agent, the government is responsible for the censorship. The agent is too. And I'm hopeful. We'll see what the Supreme Court does. The other argument, of course, on the other side is, oh, no, this is just like a newspaper. This is just like a radio station, TV station, just like the Robert Scott Bell Show. We determine what the content is that runs on our platforms, and we get to edit it. That's not what they went in for. Uh, and that's not what happened in the initial phases. No. They only became in this business when they decided it was a political power play to protect Democrats, harm Republicans, mm -hmm. and censor information critical of the administration and critical of the vaccine. Those are political determinations right. they made to work with the government as an agent of the government. Mm -hmm. Jonathan, I, look, I hope and pray they get it right at the Supreme Court level on this. It seems so obvious. Yet we know there have been cases that have ruled in violation of the Constitution at the Supreme Court level. The question is, what is the remedy then? I mean, you know, you're in the U.S. Senate now. You're an ardent, ardent supporter and defender of freedom of speech. You want to take on the government, the oligarchy that limits our freedom of speech. There are, in a separation of power scenario, things that can happen within Congress and the Senate to counteract even a, a wrong, let's say, Supreme Court decision. Am I correct? That's right. And and in this instance, you know, Rand Paul has a great bill that was killed by Bernie Sanders that would make it a federal felony for anyone in a position in government to collude with, uh, work with big tech to censor information. So in the first order of business, you would do that. The second order of business is to open the marketplace up to more competition. I mean, we, we need to, we have the technological means and ability to create many more platforms. We're seeing it all the time. We need a, a favorable tax environment for that. We need a favorable environment that does not cause government to erect barriers to market entry so that these big pl tech platforms go along un without competition. Because as we saw when Elon Musk took over Twitter, the shockwaves were palpable because he said he was going to end censorship, right? He was going to end the censorship regime. The Democrats were jumping out the window. And, and, and then in addition, you had all these big tech people saying, oh, no. And it, it exposed the collusion between the government and big tech, that whole process. Mm -hmm. So extremely invaluable because it, it, it established that indeed big tech was working as an agent for the federal government, for the FBI, for the White House. So that information leads us to the conclusion, ultimately, that this, this government-sponsored monopoly has to be broken up, that we have to have an opportunity for people to uh, get into this business. And how do you do that? Well, the best thing to do is to eliminate the barriers to market entry and to create a favorable environment, tax environment to encourage businesses to invest and, and become a part of this. Then they'll become increasingly insignificant. Add to that the bill to block uh, members of the administration of the government itself from colluding with, with uh, big tech to cause the censorship of information on their platforms. Block the FBI from doing the same. So that's what we have to do. 
in order to have a free speech environment here. Well, we've got a lot of work to do. We've strayed so far from our original principles here. Uh, another interesting uh, uh, thing that's going on in Congress, uh, Representative Jim Jordan has subpoenaed, I think, uh, information, if you will, and written a, a very pointed letter to the Center for Countering Digital Hate, which is, a, you know, funded by pro-Chinese groups and things. And yeah. I mean, this is a, a disaster. It's attacked directly. Many friends of ours are on the list of the disinfo dozen. Uh, including Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who's running for president as a Democrat right now. Uh, I mean, you know, more overt uh, attempts at censorship by trying to uh, tell people that uh, they should be censored because the information they're giving is is dangerous and harmful. It's like, quite honestly, the government information flow has been what has been dangerous and harmful under COVID. It's the opposite of what they're claiming. And I don't know if Jim Jordan can have success with this because it's a nonprofit apparently set up in England to get this information. But uh, again, the, the president of the United States, so-called president op operated on information from a nonprofit British group, complete disinfo misinfo, and then said, Hey, let's target these people and, and suppress their ability to reach people. Yeah. I, I salute what he's doing. Uh, Jim Jordan's a good man. He's trying very hard to make uh, this whole environment, uh, uh, open to the public, that we see what's going on and we can start realizing the extent of these nefarious influences. And there are a lot of them, Robert. There are a lot of foreign powers that are now influencing the content of the web and also influencing uh, how we uh, uh, live in the world. I mean, the, the theft of intellectual technology, I mean, of intellectual property by the Chinese um, is legion. I mean, and, and this administration is doing virtually nothing. Could it be that, they, that we have a compromised president because he received so much money from communist China? Well, yeah, we have a compromised president. It's not only that he's a, a complete uh, senile buffoon, it's that in his moments of, of lucidity, he's thinking about all those dollars that came his way because he colluded with uh, uh, Chinese uh, communists and he colluded with oligarchs from Russia and he colluded with uh, oligarchs from the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Any wonder why the Chinese are cleaning our clock? The U Ukraine keeps getting hundreds of billions. What he wants to give them another 140 billion, 140 billion, Robert, while our borders are open and people are being, having their lives and their liberties and their property destroyed because of the open border situation. He's giving $700 a person to the poor victims of the, the catastrophe in Maui. And, which was apparently the result of the the state utility company not doing its work and protecting people, and then also because of the idiocy of the of the debt far leftists who were in charge of the uh, water supply and ended up denying the the fire department and others access to what they needed in order to put out the fires initially. But anyway, hmm. be that as it may, we got a we got a president of the United States that's a sellout. And we have all these problems and they're not getting better. And there's no major enforcement from the Department of Justice. And there's no major investigations going on by the FBI that culminate into any action. And we ask ourselves, well, why is that when it's hurting us so badly, when the open borders are hurting us so badly? Well, we have a compromised president. We have a president who's not functioning as a commander in chief and who's not protecting Americans' interests, who's acting against those interests He's effectively a Manchurian candidate and Manchurian president. 
And then we come back around where we started today on the school issue. There's a story here out of California, of all places, where you'd kind of go, it'd be more likely to happen there. Weird stuff in the schools, but it's oh, happening, wow. as you said, in Virginia. Right. This story, read this. California school district uh, was forced to settle with a, a mom after the school secretly transitioned her daughter. Talk about, you know, trafficking. Now we're talking about instigating whatever uh dysphoria or confusion a child might have about their identity and fomenting that into let's give you treatments. Don't tell your mom. Don't tell, I mean, horrific things that are going on. This is abuse by the state. This isn't just uh, bad actors, you know, uh, contributing. These are people engaged in altering the integrity of a child in this way. This is official child abuse. This is something indistinguishable from what communist countries do. And even in communist countries, they would not have gone as far as this physically with people. And you've got here Newsom's regime blessing schools, independent of parents, without informing them, guiding children to transition, quote unquote. What does that mean? That means to have operations. That mean little girls to have mastectomies and hysterectomies and puberty blocking drugs that destroy their development. It is absolutely barbaric. It is, it is absolutely a case of mutilation and it's state sponsored mutilation. And this woman sues, she didn't know her own daughter was this, this was done by the public schools in association with physicians and others, a whole, slew of people are in on this and profiting from it. And the government stands in defense of them and against that mother. She had to sue. She had to see with that. And she'll never get her daughter back to normal. She'll never have the opportunity to have her own little girl grow up and decide for herself when she was mature enough, whether or not she wanted anything done. They get them before they are mature enough to make a decision. It's absolutely barbaric. Yeah. It has to stop. That's why I'm going to introduce a bill that'll make it a federal felony to aid or cause the transitioning of anyone under the age of 18. Mm-hmm. Again, Children another reason must be protected. An- Rule another another reason why, uh, if you haven't yet already, and even if you have, go over to emordforva.com and support this man and his candidacy what he will do is quite transformative and we are absolutely we, in need we of really it. Need your help i mean yeah. if you can donate it'll make a world of difference and you know what if it's a small dollar donation mm-hmm. it's absolutely loved and i'll tell you why because we really need to show that people regular people are understanding and supporting this campaign because they want freedom and, and so I'm delighted every time I see a donation. I, I know there was this one donation that we received. It was literally, Robert, for $5. And I'm telling you, $5 is a lot of money in our economy when we have people in trouble. But when someone who is really in a need took their own $5 and sent it our way, I am mm-hmm. so grateful. It's sort of the widow's might, you know, in the scriptures. I mean, you have you have this woman and all she had was a mite, which is virtually a fraction of a cent. And she gave of that and that was her everything she had. But she gave that in the temple 
uh, as her uh, uh, donation. And in the scriptures, Christ marvels at that, and he mocks or actually hmm. uh, chastises yes. those who have great wealth and who in a flamboyant manner would deposit a small portion of that uh, which might be a lot of money, but nonetheless a small portion. So my point is just simple. Every I want bit, everyone yeah. to show and to stand for our campaign. And by making a donation to the campaign, you show that you are with us. And whether you can afford a lot or a little, it matters not to me. I just want you to be with us. We need everyone to work together. We're only going to save our country if we all do. Yeah. That's and there's why. a a celebration for those of you in Virginia area, a Labor Day party, a pool party. It's on the website, so you can check it out, emord4va.com. If you're there, I was, if I was there, I'd be there. You know it. Uh, I've, I've been there at the pool parties you've hosted before. It's extraordinary. And it'll be a great celebration, and uh, you'll get to see the integrity of Jonathan and his wife, uh, Cheryl, and the family. And uh, you'll learn, if you haven't figured out already, why we need Jonathan Emord in the U.S. Senate. And, uh, yeah, what are, what, oh, man, another empowerful, a very powerful show covering some topics that I wouldn't want to have to cover, but we got to, and I appreciate you had hitting them head on too. Well, thanks so much, Robert. It's great being with you. Yep. And remember, mark your calendars for September 18th, a Monday special edition of the Robert Scott Bell show. It'll be a three hour simulcast telethon in support of Jonathan E. Mord. We're going to have Mike Adams here and, uh, Jonathan will be in studio and, uh, a lot of celebrities and supporters uh, you'll want to hear from as well. And um, don't wait for the support that you want to give to Jonathan. Start now, but we'll see you on the 18th as well as our weekly meetings here with the Sacred Fire of Liberty with Jonathan E. Moore. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, my brother. Mm -hmm. See you soon, Robert. All right. Remember, the power to heal, even politically, is yours. Hour two coming up next. Your questions, your comments coming up this hour on the Robert Chad Bell Show, uh, following another wonderful edition of the Sacred Fire of Liberty with Jonathan E. Moore in hour one. Uh, Lee Dundas is scheduled to join us uh, momentarily this hour, and she's got a book, Stand Up, Just Stand Up, My Fight for Freedom from the Brothels of Asia to the Streets of America. And she is tenacious in her defense of, of children and, and more. Uh, and uh, we really appreciate her. So I'm looking forward to having her back on this hour. Uh, let's see what else is going on this hour. Uh, oh, a special thank you and shout out to James Lyons Weiler, of course, Dr. Jack and his IPAC-EDU.org. Uh, the coursework that they have offered to you is extraordinary. What you can learn that you didn't learn well enough or at all uh, in traditional education all the way through PhD level training, you can now get very affordably uh, through IPAC. And there's a number of uh, advanced courses as well. We've talked about uh, a number of courses that anybody can just jump right in on uh, with a layperson background. You, you don't need to have a high, high level science background, but there are also some of you that are very into the eggheady, sciencey stuff that we love as well. And uh, courses like immunology, autoimmunity, environmental toxicology, and then the biology of nutrition, genetics, evolution, and so on. Uh, so these things are available uniquely through ipac-edu.org to empower yourself, better yourself, and uh, basically 
I'm telling you, if you've been through university level training, come back to school in a very affordable way and learn the things you thought you only thought you learned. I, this is not an attack on your education. Whoever you are listening and watching right now, I'm saying what's happening at IPAC is a revolution in terms of scientific integrity and inquiry and the way that they're doing these classes. It's amazing. IPAC-EDU.org. So check that out and uh, you will be benefited greatly. You know, the mind is a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> Remember, it's a it's a tool. It's like a computer. It shouldn't be driving you, but you can utilize it for great benefit and engaging in real scientific discussion and inquiry or may, very many of these topics. We love to do that. And I appreciate Dr. Jack and his support of doing just that and more. Uh, so what else we got going on? J quick shout out on the uh, Orange Guard. Remember, it is it is kind of pest control season. You know, a lot of times uh, in the summer months. You're, you're dealing if it's out in your uh, greenhouse or out in the garden or in your house, in your kitchen, particularly if you're in Florida. You know what I mean? We were there for years. The little ants that come in, you just can't seem to take care of them. You don't want to use toxic compounds that cause cancer and create neurodegenerative diseases, do you? I don't I didn't I don't think so. So look to Orange Guard, delimiting based safe pest control, EPA re regulated, even though we're not big fans of EPA, but he went through it and got it. Uh, Tor McPartland was on the show last week. You can go back and listen, but you can get it at your local Whole Foods. Let them know you want Orange Guard. You can get it at your local Ace Hardware store. Even if they don't carry it, you just tell the Ace, hey, Orange Guard's in your system. They have a distribution network. Doesn't cost them anything extra other than they have that product already in their system. Bring in Orange Guard at the uh, local Ace Hardware. And in fact, you can uh, actually order it direct if you can't find it anywhere. And that's go to orangeguard.com. So shout out there as well. We got lots more to do. Uh, let's see. Uh, I know Super Don's working on uh, getting uh, Lee Dundas ready um, to uh, to join us, I think, uh, making sure she can hear us. So I'll continue on talking about some things that I want to mention as well. Um, as you know, we were going to be with you in Los Angeles, Glendale, but unfortunately, the uh, Cancer Control Society's uh, convention had to cancel. And so uh, we're retooling our efforts, and I'm going to be uh, appearing and being at the AGES conference in Dallas next weekend. And if you haven't checked that out, it's in the show notes, and every day it'll be there until the event actually occurs. You just scroll on down. AGES, we we spotlighted it. Brian Artis, Ed Group, Dr. Henry Ely, and Dr. Jana Schmidt. Healing for the AGES. And use the VIP promo code BELL, B-E-L-L, -L, for 10 bucks off. I've confirmed that I will be there as well in Dallas. There are a limited number of seats available, and I would ask that you uh, uh, consider participating either in person or streaming online. And you will have access to all of the scientific validation, everything that's presented there. They're going to make sure you have everything you wanted and more to be able to validate what's being presented. And, and that's, you know, a lot of work thousands and thousands of hours of, of work to get it there for you to be able to peruse it right away. So that's coming up as well. I was just talking with my friend, Susie Griswold. She's got the uh, Healing Strong, the 10-year anniversary that I'll be participating in. I'll be doing a healing workshop there. Uh, and it's really focused on a lot of cancer and cancer survivors, but any kind of chronic degradation disease is in play at that event. And that's happening, healingstrong.org slash conference. And that's the 29th and 30th in Houston, Texas. Uh, there are a few seats remaining, I think like 30 seats, 30 tickets, not a lot left, but you will want to be there. If you can get to Houston, Texas, September 29th and 30th, I will see you there. And uh, with that briefly, I just want to mention one story and then we'll bring Lee Dundas into the mix here. Uh, 
You know, we talked with Jonathan Emord last hour about the Fear and Death Administration, the FDA, how it, it, it wreck, wrecks your life, destroys lives, kills people by what they do. Not an exaggeration. Now they're actually probably going to approve if they haven't already done so weight loss drugs for kids. Not kidding. Brenda Belletti, PhD, wrote this for the, the Defender. A group of researchers at the University of California, Irvine, said young people's exposure to weight loss drugs on social media combined with teens' proclivities toward risk-taking and the coming availability of the drugs in the oral form will create a perfect storm for a potential abuse. Look, weight loss is, it can be a serious issue for people that have been through a lot. And, uh, you know, I think these last resorts are being used as first, second, and third resorts. Even the semi-glutide injections, if they're coming down in price, creating all these strange aberrations, side effects that are direct effects of the drug that are not marketable, so they call them side effects. How many kids are going to see adults doing this and going, hey, I want in too? And how, how, how long will it be before the FDA says, go, yeah, go ahead and just give it to kids too? They've not really defended kids at all when it comes to the childhood vaccine schedule. So why would they protect them from dangerous drugs that they don't have a deficiency in? And by the way, no adult has a deficiency of an FDA approved drug either. Where's the promotion of organic, clean foods, not loaded with pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, glyphosate, which we counter here, at least partially by the use of the Enter DMG product from Nutritional Frontiers. On sale one more day, I think, along with the, uh, the super creatine I've been using to put on the muscle weight. It's amazing. Use the code RSB15 to get that discount as well. But again, folks, there's so many ways to lose weight, and it's about losing toxins. And then the weight falls off naturally over time. It can take a little bit of time. But when people tell me they've tried everything and I begin to ask them about, hey, what have you done for your liver and your kidneys? What are you drinking instead of water? You know, or is the water you're drinking clean or is it filled with toxic chemicals too? What else are you, you know, all of these things that can, are you minerally deficient? You're darn straight you are if you're gaining weight, can't lose it. The, the burden of the toxicity that we're all dealing with in certain body types causes you to balloon and hold weight, water, fat, et cetera, to protect your vital organs from damage, injury, and even death. And so when you force weight loss through aggressive means of drugging and or surgical techniques, you're not at all addressing the toxic burden of the body. You might even make it worse and more dangerous. And the allopathic medical community, bless their hearts, they're trying maybe, but they are not trained to know, apparently, how to detoxify the body. They, they, they've learned about the liver. Heck, we all learned about it in high school, but everything they do poisons and intoxicates the liver further. So keep listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Join me at any of the upcoming events. We'll tell you more about them as well as we go on here. But now, a stalwart defender of liberty and protecting children. She's been on the show a few times already. She's got a website, freedomfighternation.org. And uh, wow, she's a firebrand. She's a badass. Can I say that? I just said it. Her book, to Stand Up, My Fight for Freedom from the Brothels of Asia to the Streets of America. Welcome back, Lee Dundas. Such a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me today, guys. It's uh, wow. And that intro with the weight loss. I, I just I this world is so upside down right now. It's just a crime. Yeah, well, yeah, crime. you know, we we talk about a lot of the abuse of children in schools, just that what they're not learning and what they're being programmed to believe. We talked about the abuse, even the trafficking occurring in these schools with Jonathan Emort's meeting with people. He's representing a bunch that have been their children were trafficked in Virginia public schools. This is not just where you were in Asia, as you know. Right. No, no, it's it's happening everywhere. People people don't understand human trafficking, second largest, fastest growing crime in the world. 
Um, and it's going to take over drugs soon because as exciting as drugs are, um, you, when you sell your drug to your addict and he comes back tomorrow night, you need to have bought more drug to sell more drug. Like it's not, it doesn't grow on trees. You need to take some of the money that you're making from selling drugs and portion that off to resupply your stash so you can sell more the next day and the next day. And that eats into your overall profit. But with children for sex anyway, it's, it's a lot different scene. You're renting them. So if a pedophile comes and wants to buy a child tonight and you sell a sex buyer, a seven-year-old, and they like it and they come back tomorrow night, you don't need to buy another child to sell another child to the guy tomorrow night, unlike with cocaine or weapons. You just rent her over and over and over again until she dies, which in America is about seven years from the time they're first turned out at age 12. And it's a darn near 100% profit margin industry. Like, of course, every small-time gang banger from the Crips and the Bloods and Compton and Watts all the way up to the to the Asian mafias, they've switched lanes. They're running kids because, hello, it's a lot higher profit margin than doing, you know, sawed-off shotguns, illegal weapons, and cocaine and heroin. And if your town, no matter how small it is, has a hotel or a motel, I mean, I get people all the time like, well, my town doesn't have trafficking in it. I mean, we're we're a small town in flyover country. Like we 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 barely even have a motel. I'm like, well, but do you have a motel? Like, oh yeah, there's a motor lodge with X number of rooms. I'm like, then odds are, and I hate to break it to you, my dear, that you have either had a child sold for sex in that in that hotel, or you will, because that's all it takes in today's you know day and age. You. You get a travel lodge room or a Super 8 or a motor lodge. You rent a room as a pimp. You put eight, nine, ten girls in there. And you wait for, you know, some bored dad whose wife is away on business in Chicago or New York at a conference to order up a Domino's pizza and maybe some beer from Uber Eats or whatever. And then to order a girl online. And then yeah. you drive you drive your girl out of your hotel room to his hotel room or his house. Or you have the guy come to your Super 8 either way. But I mean, it is a it is a high profit margin industry, and that is why it's exploding worldwide now. And we're seeing it in upper crust schools in Virginia, in San Marino, in Beverly Hills. Like people think it can't happen to my kid, and I hate to say it, but it keep can. your kids close, y'all. Uh, yeah. Lee, I mean, there, you know, to, to, to say there's uh, a morality, right? You know, it's not immoral. It's, there's no morality in this. And, and of course, people have abandoned uh, a spiritual connection to something that we call God. Uh, yes, we realize that. But also, you know, some of the discussions I've had on this topic over the years involve the, the repetition of this. In other words, some of the people that were abused within their own families grew up and then abused children, right? It's this Correct. cycle. And it so is. as much as we can target the supply by freeing children as well, we should, but doesn't reach to the demand. It's like, yeah. how do you get to these wounded people that yeah. engage in such heinous crimes? Because yeah. they, you know, again, this is a, a, a deeper question, but it involves, again, that broader perspective of how does this, I mean, it's it, it goes back thousands of years, Lee. It's not just a recent phenomenon, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but how do we break that cycle? I guess it's going for what can we do that we haven't done yet? Well, you know, it's an interesting question, and there's no... There's no doubt that demand is driving it. And there's no doubt that abused children go on to become abuse victims and or abuse others. Now, I say that because it is a reality. When you interview adult prostitutes, 
at people in strip joints, a very high percentage, I'm talking 90% and above in many cases, uh, were sexually exploited as children, sexually abused as children, raped as children, raped as a young adult, something like that. And the same is true when you go into the prisons and you talk to the pedophiles who got busted for raping 402 boys, you know, over 30 years. And you say, wow, well, what happened that made you go after every Boy Scout you've had in your troop for the last three decades? And they say, well, you know, my dad did it to me, or my scoutmaster did it to me, or my priest, or my pastor, or my accountant. I mean, you know, it's just that it's endless who, who can be a perpetrator. But that is to not excuse it, because there are a lot of people, and they're out there in society that are abused as children, don't have the best lives, and grow up to go, you know right. what? I didn't really like it when it was done to me. I'm not going to go foist that on somebody else. I'm not going to let people continue to abuse me. And I'm not going to grow up to be an abuser. Like the whole nine yards stinks. I'm not being a part of any of that. Um, and instead we channel our energy, you know, productively. In terms of de de addressing the demand side of the equation, Sweden had a very effective uh, address to the demand side of the equation, as did St. Petersburg, Florida, as did a researcher in San Francisco. So what Sweden did to, to start with that one is, um, they had a 51% female-controlled legislature, which is probably the first thing you need to do, <laughs> or certainly didn't hurt. And they decided to elevate, some years ago, sex buying, whether it was, I think, adult or child, it didn't matter if you're buying sex in our country, to the equivalent of a U.S. felony. So you're going to go do hard time, seven, eight years, whatever it is. And overnight, like literally overnight, it dropped the incidence of sex trafficking in their area to, to nil. I mean, all the traffickers were like, to heck with Sweden. We'll go to Amsterdam where they love us. You so know, they made the price, the price too high for those yeah. that were maybe on the border of doing Correct. things like that. Okay. Correct. It made the, it made the price very, very high for those who would buy sex. The other thing that has come out of, um, her name's Melissa Farley, I believe is her name. She's a PhD researcher. She interviews Johns. She does a lot of work up in Northern California. And one of the questions she asks is, what would it take for you to change your behavior? And they go, basically, any consequence. And she's like, any consequence? Like a night in the slammer? Just one night in jail? Not even a seven-year jail sentence, but just one night in jail? Yeah, just one night in jail. Uh, just a fine. Just my wife knowing. A any consequence. And so what you rapidly realize when you peel it back is for many years, in many states, in many towns in America, sex buying got a slap on the wrist, if that. We have things like John School. You know what John School is? It is traffic school for sex buyers. So slap of the wrist. You got picked up because you were soliciting a prostitute or an underage minor. We're going to go send you to a four-hour seminar at the local hotel on how to not do that again. Just like when you get caught speeding and going 70 and a 65. I mean, just ridiculous. And the Johns are like, whatever, that's not a deterrent. Um, but speaking of what does, in fact, deter people in America, St. Petersburg, Florida launched an amazing program some years back. They were having an issue with sex buying in their, in their territory, and they decided they were going to take the names and the faces of the men who bought sex and put their name and their face on a big old billboard, more than one, billboards all over St. Pete's that said, Joe Blow was arrested for XYZ crimes, buying, you know, an underage prostitute or soliciting sex, whatever it was. And then... They went one step further. This was the really brilliant part. They decided to send a letter to the wife that said, Dear Mrs. John, you know, we refer to John's sex buyers as John. So it was, Dear Mrs. John, Dear Joe Blow's wife, basically. You probably don't know this, but your husband was picked up for soliciting a 17-year-old or a 15-year-old 
uh, underage minor for sexual purposes on Friday night in a bad area of St. Petersburg, Florida. We wanted to let you know that. And as well, we really urge you to, to, to go find your nearest STD clinic so you can be tested clinically for chlamydia, gonorrhea, AIDS, syphilis, you know, the laundry list. Sincerely, your local health officer. You want to know what that did to the incidence of sex trafficking in St. Petersburg, Florida? Dropped it like a freaking rock overnight. It went down 24.5%, almost 25%. Just I that think, one move. I think you they found the, the they only didn't thing. They did the penalty. They just no. made it. They put it on blast. Right. I think, you know, we talk about the disaster that is our public health department services in various cases from local yeah. to state uh, through COVID. If you can convert them to do that, the only thing I could go, yeah, they're actually doing something good. Because most that of the was time, the one not, good yeah. thing I've ever yeah. heard a health officer do. Wow, exactly. That's fascinating. So, but all right, yeah. In an interesting turn of events, when our health officer in Orange County was off the rails because they got rid of the old guy midterm, installed a new wench, and she earned that term. I'm not using that lightly. Mm -hmm. um, to be in charge of 3.2 million people's health, and the first thing she did was a mask mandate during the COVID, uh, you know, spring of 2020. I was like, oh no, you didn't. You're taking aim at my child. Like this isn't fun and games anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to have a polite society. I'll play the I'll play the game on your rules. You want to do this legit? Um, I'll go debate you. I'll go to legislative courtrooms, whatever. Do the battle there. You drop your mask mandate as a new hire in the middle of the flipping night on Friday night, walking into Memorial Day weekend, and we already have three people, including an old guy who passed out in Newport Beach, and they had to revive him behind some bushes because he was walking with a mask on, and another lady up in my neck of the woods who went to walk her dog, passed out, rolled down a ravine so bad they had to use drones and dogs to recover her. I'm like, I don't think so, Scooter, but people are like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to file a lawsuit. They don't work right now in blue states. I, you know, I'll never win. But I'm going to get her name to my PIs, and we're going to see everything there is to know about her. And I told my PIs, I said, I want to know everything there is to know about her, including if she has a mole on her left foot. Are you tracking? And they go, oh, yeah, we're tracking. And they came back, and they had chapter and verse on her. And I wrote a little letter to my board of soups, and I said, I humbly submit that you may have fallen down in your due diligence cycle during your vetting and interviewing of this woman. But I'll tell you more at the board meeting on Tuesday because you don't want to let the cat out of the bag in a letter that they can just throw right. in the trash can. So I saved the good stuff for the Tuesday hearing and I stood up on the mic and I said, you are high. This woman's only credentials, her only claim to fame is that for the first eight years after she got out of med school in the sticks of Utah, she went to work for her mother's a methadone clinic handing out Suboxone prescriptions to heroin addicts. Who are you to hire this woman that has zero background in public health to be in charge of all of our kids and three and a half million people's health, allegedly, here in California? I don't think so. And by the way, we're going to go make our thoughts known at her address in Irvine. And then I released her address. You got to make sure there's not a law on the books in your jurisdiction that prohibits you from releasing a government sure. official's um, address. But in our, in our town, there wasn't, in our county, in our state. So then all us soccer moms, all 12 or 15 of us, uh, she ran out of the meeting. She was so scared midway through the meeting. We went to Irvine where we were met with the entirety of the Irvine police force because nothing ever happens in Irvine. All, all masked up. And the guy's like, who's in charge? And I'm like, who said anybody needs to be in charge? He goes, we'll assume you're in charge. And I'm just here to tell you, young lady. And I go, I'm just going to stop you right there, son. You're here to tell me that I can't stand on her driveway because that's her private property. And see this little concrete barrier where the guy's laying concrete stopped it? Everything on this side of the crack is what's known as public 
thoroughfare right-of-way. I have a damn right to be here. It's a First Amendment right. And in answer to your question of what we're going to do, we're going to gather because we're allowed to gather under the First Amendment, you know, group up in, in groups of people. And we're going to speak and we're going to write and we're going to chant and we're not going to violate your sound volume decibel ordinance. But we're going to be here all day and night. So you might want to go put in some for overtime right now. And he looked at me and then, and then, God bless her, this woman had kids. Mm-hmm. And my PIs had not discovered this. And I'm looking through her wrought iron gate at little tiny rollerblades and scooters. And I'm like, oh, honey. And then I saw a camera like the one right there above her gate. And I ponied up, bellied up to the bar, ponied up to her camera. And I said, let me tell you, sister, what I didn't have time to say on my three minutes at the mic at the board meeting. I know your middle name. I know your daddy left your mommy, who was a medical doctor back in when women weren't doctors, and your mother was so upset she hired a PI and a psychic to track him down in Mormon country when you were a kid, and you were so upset you did your term paper in high school on men who leave their wives. Give me a week and you won't want to know my name. Oh, and by the way, you better make damn sure you're masking your little babies from their little eyeballs all the way down to their clavicle. Because if you're not, I will be out here running video 24-7 because I am a mom and I know what those scooters and those bucket meets and what is good for the goose is good for the gander. And don't you ever forget it, my dear. Mm. She resigned the next day. You didn't need a lawsuit wasting hundreds of thousands of dollars. Woman went bye-bye and took her Mm. mask mandate with her. So... Name and shame programs work not just to deter the demand for sex trafficking, but also in America and the fight we're in. For those who think, well, Lee is being mean, she's playing dirty. It's like, listen, your children are subject to masking and mandatory injections or isolation and drugging. And you're thinking that's mean. Uh, You've got to, you know, reconfigure the definitions to words because what you did was protect the innocents by yep. letting this woman know that she cannot get away with this. And I guess, uh, you know, the next phase is we're looking at trial ballooning, more mask mandates, more yep. injection mandates. And I, you know, I'm thinking, how do they even think they could get away with it? It's so soon after we just got out of it, but maybe they feel like they still have a lot of people that are going to cooperate. Well, they do because a lot of people cooperated the first time, although I think people are waking up. I think it's going to be a harder road for them to hoe this time. But on the issues of masks, and I don't want to preach to the choir. I know most of your viewers are well aware of the fact Mm -hmm. that masking is like putting up a chain link fence and hoping to keep your skeeters out of your yard. I will say two things, though, because I think I think a lot of parents ignore the harm. There is a woman you should interview her. Her name is uh, Jessica Lay, and I think her daughter is Savannah, 16 year old girl up in Oregon. And uh, the mom said to the kid, hey, when you go to cheer practice and basketball practice tomorrow, you and all your little friends, there's power in numbers, strength in numbers, you need to stop wearing a mask. It's dangerous. So next day, kid goes to school, kid's at practice, lady's phone rings, caller ID says it's a school. Mom picks up the phone thinking, oh, great, right? My my school's calling to tell me that my kids were non-compliant, just like I told them to be. Not, Not so much. School is calling to tell her the following, that her kid did not not mask, kid wore the mask to basketball practice, did two hours of cardio uh, out on the courts, walked up to the coach, said, I can't breathe. Uh, I need to pull down the mask. I, I can't get a deep breath. And the coach said, you're not allowed. And then he did relent and he said, well, Mr. Virtue Signaler, you can go into that locker room over there and uh, pull it down in the locker room for a couple minutes, but don't let anybody see you doing it. So the girl dutifully wanders off to the locker room, doesn't make it all the way to the locker room, passes out at the threshold onto the cold tile floor, 
She's out cold for two minutes. One of her girlfriends was in a toilet stall, walks out, sees her friend on the ground. Oh my gosh, lifts her friend up to see if her friend can fog the mirror and the girl can't fog the mirror. She has no heartbeat, no pulse, and she is not breathing. She's no respiration. She's clinically dead and has been for two minutes at this point. So now every damn coach who was too busy virtue signaling and Heil Hitlering and goose stepping along with the modern day fascists and communists to think for themselves and care about the kids who were entrusted who were entrusted to this coach, to this principal, to this school, to these teachers. Now every damn coach is on their knees trying to revive her with CPR to no avail for seven more minutes, my friend, when a passing cop in a patrol car decides he's going to hit her with a Narcan unit. The ambulances aren't there yet. Hits her with the Narcan unit, which is what they use to revive heroin addicts. For some reason, the Narcan unit actually works, even though it wasn't a drug overdose. It was masking that knocked her out. Revives her. She gets in the back of the bus dies again, loses all bodily systems, goes crashes again in the back of the bus on the way to the hospital, gets revived for a second time by the ER physicians who work her over for the next eight hours. And they walk out around midnight and they tell the mom, don't go on record with this and we'll deny it, but we want to just let you know there was nothing wrong with your child other than you had her in a mask or the school did for two solid hours and she was deprived of oxygen. If you go to the OSHA website right now, it says on there, in plain day, human beings, I'm quoting now, human beings need oxygen to survive. I know this is shocking. And then it goes on to say what happens when you mask and your mask is ill-fitting, like if my parents who run an auto body shop have their paint booth guy in an ill-fitting mask and it starts to deprive them of oxygen, which is what all the masking does that hasn't been fitted to our face by OSHA representatives, right? Because, you know, Fauci or whatever just said we had to do it. Uh, you start to get things like headache and dizziness and brain fog, things that you think are just, oh, the mask was tight and it's making you uncomfortable. No, that is a sign of moderate to mild brain damage that's kicking in. But if you go past that point, you start to get systemic organ failure. And the last thing you see is your kidneys go down, your bodily systems go down. And the last word in this paragraph is cardiac standstill ensues. Okay, let me translate that for the people who aren't married to a doctor. Uh, that's a heart attack. That's death. That's what happened to the girl I just said. Mm -hmm. You need oxygen. And by the way, by the way, there is a neurophysicist, MD, 18 degrees, makes Simone Gold's degrees look like child's play. This woman has every degree known to man out of, I think, Switzerland or Germany. She published something. You, ha you cannot find it on Google or even DuckDuckGo, but I quoted it in my letters to the school districts. And what she said is within minutes of wearing these masks, even the little blue ones, you are doing systemic oxygen deprivation of the brain, which causes permanent neural death in the hippocampus area of the brain. And here's the scary part. When you take the mask off and full oxygen is restored, it does not reverse the brain damage. You are killing your child's brain and you are doing brain damage that will never, ever be reverted in the hippocampal area of that brain, according to neuroscientists who actually know what they're talking about. And moreover, if you put your kid in a mask and they're running a race or in basketball or they just have deficient lungs like I do, your O2 stat on them can drop to 82% where cardiac failure ensues. This is dangerous territory. And by the way, after eight hours of wearing a clean mask, Gainesville study showed back in 21 
that there was more germs and bacteria and viruses on that mask than you could shake a stick at. We're talking antibiotic resistant, staph, uh, strep, uh, fungi of every type. You would be better off having your child lick a damn urinal at the LAX airport. There are fewer bacteria and viruses on the urinals there probably than there are mm -hmm. on the mask. So this is not something we can ever tolerate again. And the handle for it is you need to, as my book is named, mm -hmm. just stand up. You band together, you just stand up, you just say no, we're not doing it, and it goes bye-bye. Yeah. The book is Just Stand Up, My Fight for Freedom, From the Brothels of Asia to the Streets of America. Uh, there's a print and a Kindle edition as well. We have it linked up uh, in the show notes today at robertscatbell.com so you can get the book. And uh, Lee is also a prolific uh, speaker. She, she appears at events. I've been to a number of events where she's at. She brings it everywhere she goes, as you can tell already, as we're seeing the comments, uh, one from Steve saying, wow, Lee makes Rambo look like a wuss. <laughs> That's a great one there. Thank Steve. you, Steve. <laughs> yeah, and I know you appreciate that. Uh, and you know you take it with the spirit with which it was delivered. Also on the mask issue, real quick, just last week or a few days ago, I'm not sure when we presented, there was a study that came out and showed that these masks contain eight times the number of chemicals that cause cancer in terms of safety levels. Uh, so even if you survive the initial oxygen deprivation, you are contributing to uh, cancer causation in young people, much less uh, people that are el elderly and maybe more vulnerable at that point uh, of life. So there's no good uh, reason for wearing the mask. As I said, the only reason you can argue it is in the in a surgical theater where you're leaning over an open gaping wound that you've you know opened up a body cavity. And yeah, bringing things in from your mouth or your nose into that is not a good plan for the health yeah. of that patient recovering from that it, surgery. It, it's a but it's a particular issue. You don't exactly. want the guy's exactly. saliva particles to fall into right. the appendectomy opening. It's yeah. not at no point. And, and by the way, when people are like, oh, surgeons are in those operating theaters for hours in masks. Yeah, you, let me talk to you about an operating theater for a second. For those of you who have not been in one, they're 60 degrees or under. They're dehumidified. And you're not talking about a kid whose brain is developing who has higher oxygen needs than the average person, like their metabolisms are higher, right. et cetera, et cetera. They're not running around in a human hot gym in Florida, right? Or Oregon somewhere, you know, rebreathing their own CO2. If you don't eat your poo like your poodle, okay, <laughs> right. or your chihuahua, thank you very much. I've owned both. I know they do that thing. It's kind of <laughs> gross to talk about, but it's true. If you don't eat the product of your GI system, why are you rebreathing the CO2 byproduct waste of your respiratory system? Mm -hmm. Like, Legit. If you're into that, exactly. it'd be safer to go look at urinal. Like, just right. save yourself the heartache. Just don't do it. <laughs> Lee, the uh, the website freedomfighternation.org. What can people learn and do and 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 support all of that? Tell me about the site and what people can access there. Well, for starters, and thank you for the opportunity to speak to this. I always forget to plug myself, so it's nice that you brought this up early. Mm -hmm. uh, it is called freedomfighternation.org. It was named that because that is what we are—a nation of people who are fighting for freedom. And uh, it's really your site and my site. It's where we can go. Uh, it's a 501c3. So any d donations you make, you can see the red donate button on the top right corner there are fully tax deductible. It's a tax write-off for you guys. And all of that money goes back into funding uh, my fight for freedom. So, uh, you know, people think I'm a lawyer. Oh, she's rich. She's a lawyer. Okay, I was never rich because I always fought for, you know, the child sex slave trade. That's where I put all my extra money. But right now I haven't had a paycheck since March 14th of 2020 because nobody pays you to do nationwide walkouts and convoys and make TV commercials with Holocaust survivors to get rid of passports. If I were doing lawsuits, I'd be getting paid. But I made a calculated decision to not do that because they don't work in communist countries where I work. And I assessed that America was rolling, at least in California, and many 
United States, much more like a communist country than, than the America of old. So I'm not wasting donor dollars on that. But what it also means is I don't have somebody paying me an hourly fee. So I've not had a paycheck, nor has my husband since March 2020. Um, I put myself on payroll a couple months ago, but now the funds are out again. So it would be nice to refill those coffers. Uh, you can make a tax deductible donation. And here's the thing, guys. Um, it's not a heavy lift. The heavy lift are the guys who were 17 years old, stepping out of the boat on D-Day, walking onto the beach, who never got off that beach. That's a heavy lift. Those guys, heavy lift. Cambodian genocide, and they escaped. That's a heavy lift. We are at war right now. You don't win war by not fighting. There's two types of fighters. There's the people who fund it, and I don't have any axe to grind. If you want to stay safe and sleep soundly on your my, my pillow from Mike Lindell in the comfort of your own home and write a check, God be with you. I get it. You're wired differently than me. And it's no better or no worse because the fight needs funding. And there's the fighters who are out on the front lines doing the work and going to Asia and sitting in war-torn countries, getting kids out of brothels and taking the lessons I learned to the streets of America to fight our own government now and keep us open by hook or by crook and get rid of these passport plans and do the convoys. But it's one or the other. What you don't get to do is nothing. And I know I'm preaching to the choir because if they're listening to you, they're already doing a lot of both. But the other half of that equation is you need to run the analysis. Your dollars or your time is a bullet and a gun. And if the organization that you are giving it to is firing into the air and not hitting the target, that's on you. You don't write a check to a new car dealership, walk off the lot, have your AC go out a mile down the road and go, oh, well, I already gave them 30 grand or 80 grand, so I'm just going to ignore it. Not this Bud Light hating target disavowing crowd. I know exactly what you do. You go back and you go, what the hell is wrong with my car? It must be a lemon. Either fix it or give me a new one or give me my money back. But in no event am I going to drive in Las Vegas in 120 degree heat on an August day, a new car that doesn't have the AC working. I would submit to you the rule is the same and even more important here because it's not a damn car we're talking about. It is your children's lives that are on the line. So what you can see at the site is what I've done to keep us free, to keep us out of World War III, out of the communism that's trying to encroach its way into every aspect of our lives. You can learn about the fight against the FAA. We got rid of the head of the FAA doing a name and shame program. Um, we got rid of our vaccine passports. I was the architect behind the convoy. So all sorts of things that people just like you without a law degree or a medical degree can do in your town. Um, and that's the same thing I go over in the book. I take the lessons that I learned fighting in countries where the government is not there to help you. They're there to hurt you. And yet still you have to get good stuff done. And we do. But it takes some creativity. It takes some outside-the-box thinking that a lot of the lawyers, unfortunately, in the fight are not trained to do because all they've ever done is gone, gone to court in America. They haven't you know, rolled with Navy SEALs in Asia. And I discussed that. And I would welcome your donation. If you want something for your money, buy the book. If you buy it on Amazon, like I said, I don't get to keep a lot, really, any of the money. But if you buy it from freedomfighternation.org or my personal website, which is Lee Dundas, Dot com and you spell my name like you see above me, LeeDendis.com. Um, my mother-in-law printed the book. Every inch of money that comes in over and above the cost of the paper, I actually get to use in the fight. Nice. So, um, and, and we welcome the warriors. We need to wake up more people, and that's what the book and these podcasts are about. Lee, where are you going to be speaking next? I know you've been to so many conferences. I've gotten to see you a few of them. Uh, I just want to know, is there upcoming events? People can come and meet you and support you there. Well, it's funny you should ask. Uh, there's a an event in Reno, Reno called Freedom Fight Freedom Friday. Uh, that uh, a guy puts on that I just learned about. So, uh, speakers, friends of mine, turned me on to this guy. And he said, we want you to come on out. And so that I am penciling into my calendar. That is going to be Friday, 
September 29th in the evening at a casino in Reno. I'll be posting all the details uh, once I have them on my new website, leadundis.com. And you can also see all the rants I did against the school board on my two websites and the letters I've written. And you can feel free to borrow those letters and send them to your school board. Alert them to how dangerous the masks are, the vaccine passports, the whole nine yards. Don't feel like you're ripping it off. You're not ripping it off. I'm giving you my blessing. I did hard work. There's no reason you should reinvent the wheel. Just take the letter, rip my name off, put your name on it, and go with God. Um, so I'll probably be in Reno on September 20, I think it's 22nd, he said, uh, Friday the 22nd. And then in October, I'll be at the next Clay Clark event, uh, event if I had to guess. And that is, I want to say, the 14th or 15th in October. And that one's going to be in Miami again. I think it's at the Trump Hotel. And then in November, it's a short month with all the Thanksgiving business in the middle. But uh, in Tulare, California, which is out here in Central California, Clay Clark is going to be doing an event, I want to say December 15th. Um, that's my backyard, just a short drive up the five freeway. So I'll probably be there as well and various other places in between. But those are the big ones over the next quarter. Well, Lee, you know, you're an inspiration. And uh, for those that are sitting on the couch wondering if they can do anything, you don't have to do everything Lee does, but even take a little inspiration from her tenacity or courage to not cower in fear. And I know this audience isn't one that tends to cower in fear. I acknowledge that as well, but to be a living inspiration, a living example for others. And I appreciate you, Lee, for doing that, showing what it's like to stand up against bullies. And it may be an understatement to use that term bully in terms of what we've discussed today in some ways, but uh, to uh, let them know and put them on notice so that yeah. they back down from their evil doing ways exactly. and harm fewer and fewer people. Uh, yeah. is a, a worthwhile endeavor in this lifetime. And it's a mm -hmm. lot of energy, a lot of effort you put into it. And God bless you. And if you want to support Lee and her work, we have links up again uh, to the website uh, and uh, freedomfighternation.org. And now the leadundas.com, you said, is the newer website yeah. update right there. Leadendus.com. You can get the book there. And uh, thank you guys really for having me on and talking about these issues that are such a trying challenge for so many of us in today's world. But uh, I, you know, we are getting there. The world is waking up. I'm grateful for the microphone and the platform because I've said it before. I'll say it again. If we had had CNN and the BBC up in the middle of Auschwitz in the ovens, Holocaust never would have gone the way it did. Um, mm -hmm. This is a lifeline and we need to fight censorship with everything that we have because it's the first thing the Holocaust the fascists, the communists do is they, they get rid of the intellectual elite, they get rid of the people with money and brain power and a microphone because they don't want the word getting out. So you are truly doing God's work here at you know your show and, and the other shows like you, the Robert Scott Bell Show or all the other shows out there. Um, this is the way that we wake up the masses and the people are listening. 90% of people are no longer watching CNN. 42% of self-identified Democrats are watching Fox and this was as of a year ago before Tucker left Fox. I'm sure the numbers of since then and they're following the people to wherever they can find their microphones but mm -hmm. you know you got one of these you got a weapon in your hand use it you know start videoing and outing as uh, as our kind host just said the evildoers because once their plots are known and you shine a light into their darkness they run away you don't they even scurry like the rats that they are exactly yeah. Yeah. Well, Lee, God bless you. Thank you for all that you're doing and coming on board today to share some of your stories. Well, everybody pick up the book, share that story as well, and uh, find your courage to, uh, you know, live your passion and your mission. And if you're part of this show, you know, you have a passion and a mission and it involves freedom and it involves protecting those that can't protect themselves as well. And uh, that's a worthwhile endeavor in this lifetime or any lifetime. So again, sure. thanks, Lee. 
Thank you so much, guys. All right. Lee Dundas, back on the Robert Scabell Show, back on the circuit, the tour. If you ever get to see her meet her, she is that strong in person. You can feel the you know, the energy emanate from her. As you said, you could feel it coming through uh, the computers that you're watching or the phones you're watching or even some of the TV screens you're watching on uh, today. So thank you, Lee. Appreciate you very much. Look forward to seeing you at the next event. All right. Uh, we got a few more things to cover today on the show as we continue on with this mission of health, freedom, and healing liberty, including uh, some questions of the day, comments of the day, or a combination of the two. I want to get to those because sometimes we run out before we hit the bonus round. And we do have a bonus round today, I believe. Uh, we'll, you know, And that's where you can, if you, you want to participate in the chat rooms live with us, you can ask questions, make comments. Sometimes your comments appear on screen as you, you can see who you know who you are uh, while we are live. And those listening later, uh, they're not the cheap seats. Those who are listening on the podcast, they're just later. That's all right. And most of the information we give here uh, doesn't expire unless it's just a time-sensitive issue with an event coming up. And the, the next event coming up, in fact, is in the upcoming events tab. It is the Biomed Expo. Uh, for those of you who know, we've been promoting that for quite some time. It's coming up before you know it in Las Vegas, September 14th through the 17th at the Alexis Park, Park All Suite Resort in Las Vegas. Again, very inexpensive hotels there if you can get there. It shouldn't be massive triple digit by then. Typically, it cools off a little bit. Uh, but even so, most of the events are indoors. There's also... And I don't know if it's called an alien encounter event, Super. I tease Super Don about that, but there's concurrent events going on and there's all kinds of fun things to do there. Uh, but we'll be there. I'll be broadcasting live, interviewing. I'll be speaking. I'll be uh, uh, moderating some uh, biomed type panels, discussions, and uh, look forward to seeing you guys there. As I said, I added into the mix, um, thanks to Brian Artis and the crew. I will be going to the Ages Conference, and that's in the show notes every day until that happens. We have a, a discount code, Bell, to get you $10 off of that. Uh, and that's happening in Dallas uh, coming up uh, this next weekend after the um, Labor Day weekend. So that's, uh, that's a bonus thing that's happening. Again, I mentioned the Houston 10-year um, anniversary of Healing Strong. I'll be doing a healing workshop at that event, and there'll be a number of other great speakers there as well. Uh, look forward to seeing uh, Susie and the, the Healing Strong family. I was there at the first one 10 years ago in Atlanta with Ty Bollinger, and it was amazing. And they are still going strong, healingstrong.org slash conference. There's like 30, as of this morning, there's like 30 seats available if you want to attend. Uh, also, uh, October 6th, 7th, and 8th, the Pittsburgh Professional Training Event for Nutritional Frontiers. Always an amazing event. They are so empowering, the information that they deliver. A lot of great, fun times that you get to spend. That'll be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, the 6th, 7th, and 8th of October. Simultaneous to that, if you're on the west side of the country or want to come join me, I'll be at the 8th annual Your Health Freedom Gala and Symposium. Thanks to my friend Kristen Chevrier with uh, Dr. Pierre Corey, Dr. Merrill Nass, Dr. Jancy Chun-Lindsay, Tricia Lindsay, uh, Caleb Warnock, Priscilla Romans, Jared St. Clair, and I will be presenting on issues of uh, depression, anxiety, etc. as well. And that's the uh, 6th and 7th of October in the Salt Lake City area. And then we have the granddaddy of them all, the October 14th, 15th Health Freedom Expo. Healthfreedomexpo.org. It's trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com. I apologize. I get them confused sometimes because it's Trinity uh, trinityschool.org and it's trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com. And the next round of classes are starting up as well. One of the biggest starts of the year in early September. So check out all the wonderful offerings there. Uh, you can scan that code or you can go to trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com. Call them at 888 658 And Super Don did indeed add 
the Patriots United event, the Great Northwest Awakening. It's a one-day event. Dr. Stella Emanuel will be there. Dr. Brian Artis will be there. We featured a number of these folks and some I haven't met yet. And I'll be there as well speaking at that event, the Great Northwest Awakening. And uh, let's see the website. You can just click on it. It's Patriots United WA for Washington, the state. PatriotsUnitedWA.com. And if you're flying in, fly into Portland because it's just across the uh, Columbia River into Washington State. So we won't be in Crazyville, Portland. <laughs> It'll be Sanityville uh, at the Great Northwest Awakening. That's according to what we are today, 50 days from now. So you have time, October 21st, all, all day event, including music. And then the Heal Yourself, Heal Your Family Naturally event, thanks to Drs. Terry and Stu Warner, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. keynoting, Kevin Zorbo there as well, Judy Mikovits, David Brownstein, John Witcher, Dr. Jack Wolfson, Kimberly Overton, and more. And I look forward to seeing you there November 3rd, 4th, and 5th in Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona, wellnessparenting.info. And then we've got more events, but the biggest one right now for 2024, the Autism Health Summit. Thanks to my friend Tracy Slepsevic, the Warrior Mom, Dr. Andy Wakefield, Del Bigdry, Dr. Jack will be there, Brian Hooker, James Neuschwander, Dr. New, and Dr. Jerry Cardinal. It's going to be an amazing event as well. So plan ahead for the new year already. I know it's too much to consider, but I got to throw that out for you because it's repetition and you finally go, oh, it's happening then in my city near me. I want to go. So that's why I have to remind you. Now, Super Don, help me out. Questions of the day, comment of the day. What are we going for first? <clears throat> I think it's the first time I've been on camera today. Yeah, other than... It's like it's, feast or famine around here. Today, yeah, I know. It's been that way. We've just gone, you know what, to the wild, the, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, by the way, I want to apologize to the uh, folks that were watching us on the website. The service provider that we use for streaming to the website had some kind of issues today. Oh, really? I didn't and know And it was that. funny because your wife was like messaging me and texting me. She's like, and I'm like, What's oh, happening? ah, so yeah. it's working now. Okay. I had to reset some some connections and stuff like that, but okay, I did it had some hiccups that. earlier in the show. So, well, thanks for handling all these things behind the scenes today. That's why I was glad I didn't have to call on you. You were very busy, including troubleshooting. <laughs> kind of, with yeah. Before kind she of. got on too, a little bit. All right. Yeah. So anyway, question yeah. of the day. Let's get to it. We also have two emails that came in. Oh uh, yeah. That we'll we can cover in bonus time. So if you're okay. if if you sent in an email and you're waiting to hear about it, don't tune out when we go to the end of the show because we'll do it in bonus. So here's okay. question of the day number one from Sally. Okay, what does Sally write? Or comment today, sorry. Oh, it's a comment today. Okay. Yes. To Robert Scott Bell, thank you for the conversation held with Dr. Tracy Straup. That was our Sunday conversation last week. That's right. Uh, she is an example of God moving in a mighty way. I like how you let her talk about her testimony in her words, with little interruption. <laughs> May the Lord bless you both, Sally. Uh, Sally, God That is a criticism you. you've gotten over the years, isn't it? Well, the thing is, it's my show. I'm an interviewer. And I want to ask <laughs> questions, right? But but the, to, to her point, what's yeah. unique about the Sunday conversations, it's, it's less about, not that I think this show is about me, but a lot of times it's about what I know and what I want to relate to you, you know, when we don't have guests in particular. But when I have a guest on, I do want to hear from them, as do you, and I appreciate that. And, and with Tracy sharing her testimony, what was I to say other than to acknowledge this journey? And, and for those of you who don't have the same beliefs as Tracy, it isn't necessarily done to convert anybody either. It's about inspiring you to, here's this woman's story uh, and amazing things that happened in her life. And I'm grateful that we have the opportunity, that I have the opportunity to share that or allow those to have you know the time to do it. Because normally we're very... Even though we're long format, super long form kind of interviews, 
during the week, it's a little bit more pressed, right? We want to do, we got to cover a lot of things. Right. That Sunday conversation is just like straight on for the most part, just, Hey, let's, let's learn about your story. What, what makes you tick? Why do you believe what you believe? And so right. Sally, thank you for that. A little more intimate and personal. Yeah. And I, I just love it. I enjoy yeah. that so much. And you may be exposed to beliefs that you don't share and that's okay. That's what I've tried to share with you that we're not all ever going to believe the same thing, but that's not the way it's supposed to be anyway. God didn't create us with all the same identical beliefs. And even if you think you believe the same as everybody else, cause you go to the same church, as I keep pointing out, you'll find out there are variations on your experience causing you to believe a little bit different. And that's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so anyway, that's part of the, the experience with Sunday conversations that I all right, enjoy so, so much. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure we got this first question of the day and okay. before the end of the show. Oh, our friend Bala. That's right. We haven't heard from Bala in a long time. He says, hi, Robert. One of your famous statements is the power to heal is yours. When do I, I do I ever say that? No, I don't think I say, I don't think, I think he, I think he's listening to it. Some other show Bala. I'm, ki- I'm kidding. I love to kid you. Your own experience in life has taught you that truth. I feel in addition to that, you have also acted as a channel to deliver that powerful message from a divine source. In the RSB show on the 29th of August, 2023, Dr. Ed Group talked about how the urine is the most powerful anti-venom in the world. I I heard that super done. I don't think you were aware of urine's healing powers when you first said that the power to heal is yours. Bala. All right, Bala. See, you're making, what what am I going to do here? Now the people that can't handle hearing of this are going to tune out. I don't want that to happen. But I, what have I said about my aunt? She's in her 90s. She's been utilizing urine therapy for decades. So I knew of the benefit for some. I don't talk about it all the time because most people can't handle even the discussion about it. But I do acknowledge it in terms of the utilization. Dr. Group is right. They will give the venom, you know, if, if to horses, for instance, and they will use the urine as the anti-venom. So there is validity to those statements, Super Don, as much as you're like, I don't want to hear it. We can't ignore some of these biological and physiological realities. And you're just going to have to deal with sometimes we're going to talk about it. Mm. Okay, Super Don. Thank you, Bala, by the way. So I'm going to start a new thing, a new fat, a new, a, new he- a new healing modality. Yes. Sniffing your own farts. <laughs> that, no, seriously. That no, I'm going to come up with that. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll figure out how that's good for you. Are, are you going to bottle it? What are you going to do? Yeah, I, you too. Totally bottle Super it. Super D. Real quick, let's hit the, can we, do we have time for Elephant or do we need to do that bonus round? <laughs> what? It's kind of a long one. It is? Okay. Yeah. Well, it relates to uh, bipolar, depression, anxiety. Um, and uh, she says, hi, RSB. I just wanted to start by saying thank you for what you do and Super Don does every day. You've always been an inspiration for me and opened my eyes to big pharma and the medical establishment. I've learned a lot from your show and the seminars on YouTube. I mean, that goes way back because we're not on YouTube anymore. They banned no. us. I was diagnosed almost a year ago with bipolar disorder too. I refused medication after a bad experience before and uh, with an antidepressant. So I've been doing therapy only recently. My mood swings have been worse and it's affecting my family. I'm at my wits end and I feel so guilty for what I put my family through. So when my therapist brought up medication about a month ago, I said I would give it a try. I was prescribed uh, Lamotrigine. I I apologize. I don't pronounce that word every day. And I've been uh, taking it daily. And I thought of reaching out to you to get your perspective on this and to get some help from a real expert. 
thank you for what everything you do, Melifant. Well, I'm not an expert in that drug. I'm not a psychiatrist, although psychiatrists look at everything as a, uh, a drug deficiency too. And in fact, the diagnosis of bipolar has no uh, objective test. You know, it's one of those things they go, oh, serious behaviors, you have that here, take this drug. Lamotrigine, anti-seizure, anti-epilepsy drug. It's not a drug for depression, technically. It's an awful label use if, if that's what you're dealing with. Uh, I don't know how you're doing on it. I'm always suspect and concerned about what these things do to your biochemistry and your brain. Um, and I don't have time to go into this because I see we're, we're over time. So let's, let's, I'm going to follow up on this in the bonus round uh, and talk a little bit more about uh, Melifant's question, if you don't mind, in addition to the other letters that Superdon says came in. All right. So stand by. Apologies on UK Health Radio if you don't listen to the, uh, the bonus round. You can catch on. us catch us on the podcast. On the podcast or come yeah. on over to robertscottbell.com slash listen anytime. Sign up for the newsletter and uh, we'll be back with more powerful healing in 60 seconds or less because the power to heal is yours. All right, bonus round commences now. Super D. So uh, should I go right into the follow-on what, what we were just left off? With the what? The follow-on. The follow-on. I just left off. What's that left off? Melifant's question. <laughs> what are you laughing at? That wasn't funny. Was that okay? Funny? So here's the we're back to the question. Here. Okay. Oh, I good. guess we don't really need that because you already know what's going on there. But well, she was talking about this medication. And yeah, it, and it I've never heard of this one. Yeah, uh, Lamotrigine. If I could say it right. Um, look it, again, another drug given to something that is not a drug deficiency. But I acknowledge Melifant's difficulty. And, you know, when you're dealing with these mental and emotional swings, yes, how it impacts people around you. It's very real. And mm -hmm. if they love you, uh, and I hope and I pray that they do, that, you know, they'll, they'll work with you to the best extent. Now, there are situations where people, uh, you know, when they ad have addictions and they can abuse you to the point where you're, you're being harmed in many ways, that there's a point where you have to distance yourself from folks that are doing that. I don't know that that's the case here. But I recognize your sensitivity and concern for them tells me you're not what we would call, uh, oh, you know, what was the not narcissist, but even worse, a sociopath, because some of these folks just don't care what kind of damage they leave in their wake. And we, we can tell with Melvin, she's very concerned about what's happening with her and how it's impacting others around her. Now, um, I, I'm not her doctor, per se, at all. But, uh, you know, the question is, what other things have been tried, you know, whether it be cannabis, which sometimes in a, a C, CBD THC combination can be helpful for these things, but sometimes not. I don't say it's a, a blanket. Oh, it always works for you. Sometimes it's more of a CBD focus to help some of these aspects. Uh, we talked about the health of the brain and nervous system coming through the gut. You know, what focal point in terms of gut recovery and, and microbiome reestablishment, you know, is it through the silver aloe gut recovery protocol? Um, could that be something you, you haven't done? And that's the gut brain connection in emotional health. What about, um, and speaking of that, the neurotransmitters that rely upon a good, healthy microbiome as well. Uh, what other minerals could be lacking? Selenium is a big one in terms of protecting the brain and nervous system. Silica, also important for brain and neurological health. And if there's systemic, chronic, ongoing inflammation, that can affect your moods, your behavior, your brain, your nervous system. Copper, again, plays a role. Essential fats, CBD, I come back to that as well. Are there heavy metals do you have mercury amalgams? Have you had a lot of exposure to aluminum and mercury over the past you know, time that could impact, again, brain and nervous system function? Um, you know, Even access to, to cleaner water. If you're not filtering water that is fluoridated, pulling the fluoride out, much less the chlorines, all of these impacting as halides can 
uh, various receptor sites in the brain nervous system, even the thyroid. And we talk about endocrine disruption. Any a number of the glands, uh, whether it be thyroid, parathyroid, uh, uh, the, the adrenals, all of these things, if they're worn out, exhausted, dysfunctional, um, these can lead to depression, simply being exhausted. And then we talk about magnesium and copper playing a role in ATP production. The simple act that your brain does not have enough energy can create depression, mood swings, manic depressive disorders when you have it up and down and up and down these wide swings. So what other things can be done homeopathically? You know, I've talked about the basics like sepia for depression. Uh, anxiety uh, can be addressed by a number of remedies as well. Passiflora, uh, chamomilla, um, aconitum sometimes. I'm just throwing out some things just to, to research some more options for you. But detoxifying the body of uh, things that agitate the brain and nervous system, glyphosate, negative impact. Are you eating bread that's desiccated because the grains were desiccated in glyphosate? How about the beans, the legumes, uh, the chickpeas or whatever? You know, you think you're eating a good diet. The oats, you know, if you're eating oatmeal, is it organic or not? All of these things play a role in manifesting these emotional mental uh, disorders that are not, again, objectively diagnosed, but behaviorally. And therefore, to put you on a drug, as a homeopath, you know, that's not where I go, but, you know, these these allopaths, everything, you know, if you're a hammer, everything's a nail. If you're a drug pusher, you know, every ailment is a drug deficiency. So um, if you want to give me some more details in a future write-in, again, I'm not playing your doctor. I'm not telling you what to do but I am bringing up the concerns that I have for what you're telling me and some, some other options of what to do. How about, you know, exercise? Are you able to exercise? That alone can help bring back some semblance of a balance in terms of, uh, you know, emotional and mental health as well. And what that is for you, you know, depends on your level of activity capacity. You know, what does your body allow you to do? And, and, and working slowly into that. Sunlight exposure plays a big role. Um, utilization of the vitamin D you might get and produce from sunlight exposure. And that cardio miracle is very helpful. And if you want to protect the brain and nervous system, one of the most powerful, profound antioxidants ever, what we've ever found, you know, is what you might expect me to tell you, the super antioxidant blend, the Chernobyl level antioxidant. This is called Folium PX. And I say this when nothing else is working or you've had some success and it's, you've hit a ceiling, you try the Folium. And start with the folium super antioxidant the first month and add in the folium immuno, then the folium relax. But that folium relax may be something that you might want to do before the folium immuno, just based on what you're telling me about your anxiety or depression, whatever's going on here. So foliumpx.com. Uh, Bobri will be with me at the uh, next event in Las Vegas, the Biomed Expo. And uh, Super Don, uh, you know, I wish you could be there in Vegas. You never been, Have you been to Vegas over the years? Oh, I think I've driven through it, mm -hmm. um, but I don't think I've actually stopped and stayed there. Yeah. yeah. yeah it, it's. I don't like to say it's a second home, but there were so many events there that you had to kind of actually establish yourself there because there's a lot going on there. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons why you might not want to be there. But this event, you want to be there, biomedexpo.com, and uh, look forward to seeing you there. So. Again, I, I answered, I threw out a lot of things in that question of the day for your consideration. So get back to me with any follow-up and we'll see if we can do some follow-up. Because when you have that question, thousands of other people do, and it could help to hear and work these things out. And many people have suggestions out there in our audience too. Indeed, including some okay. people who send us emails. Yes. Yeah. So those just came in during the show? Yeah. Now I forward these to you. So you got these emails. I haven't emails. seen them yet. Oh, you haven't. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I've been so ridiculously busy. 
Linda. Linda uh, uh, sent me an email from Ohio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good morning from Ohio, she says. I listened to one or two of your daily po- Only one or two? Really? That's what? Your RSB show deficient. Oh. Linda, that's the problem. <laughs> wow. I've diagnosed something. Just oh, kidding. No. We yeah, listen to us as much as we can. Yeah, we thank you. Um, yeah. So one or two of your daily podcasts each week and love the information, particularly mm-hmm. when Robert teaches about homeopathy rem- remedies. Okay. I have been taking homeopathic remedies for many years, but my question today is, can you recommend a book mm-hmm. I can order or have at home for my reference? Oh, man. Mm. Well, you know, to start out, I always start out with this, and this annoys some people, but it's the Materia Medica itself. And this is like not a novel. It's not like, oh, this is a how-to. Here's the recipe making it easy. But you'll have access to hundreds and hundreds of remedies. The Boriki is the one I recommend. B-O-E-R-I-C-K-E apostrophe S. The Boriki is the most comprehensive in, in a more modern context. And so in modern. that book, what yeah. it is it? It's just it, it, it it's like going lists. to list every remedy pretty much. And uh, you can look it up by... By the symptoms name of the remedy. Or, but yeah. yeah, in the back, there's a repertory where you can follow symptoms that'll guide you back to the remedies. But it's not going to automatically turn you into a homeopath right away. I recognize that. And you can study homeopathy for decades. And so still it's go, not like a spell book. Oh my uh, yeah, it's not can... homeopathy for dummies, right? <laughs> it, it's But to have that as a reference resource or something, if you just take it slow and go, one remedy I heard you say, Robert, is uh, hypericum. Or lycopodium, lycopodium. I've talked about that. Look called moss. You go. All right, I'm going to look up lycopodium just as a, a one day or a one week or a one month project, and just study that one thing. You can become an expert on one remedy, and it doesn't mean that it's going to be the one remedy for everybody, everything, every time, everywhere. That's the thing about homeopathy. It, every remedy has a lot of indications, but I encourage you to to do that little bit of study. Don't overwhelm yourself. You don't have to learn it all every day. I mean, again, I'm still learning. Thirty years later. Uh, now, beyond that, there are simple, you know, ABC type books to homeopathy and remedies. And I include some homeopathic indications and remedies in the book, Unlock the Power Heal. In fact, Superdon is we're working on uh, uh, expanding the chapter that we've given away for free from Unlock the Power to Heal on gut recovery. Uh, I think this just brings to mind what I want to do is expand some of my homeopathic suggestions in that chapter as well to w- round it out. It's going to be again a little bit more comprehensive than almost. It's going to be its own ebook, I think. What it's going to end up being. I was going so, to suggest, yeah. Let's let's yeah. not try and put it all into one book because right. then no, 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 that's <laughs> too much. But we're going to do it'll that. be next this year. The Boriki Materia Medica. Uh, you can order online. Often they'll come from India, um, and it's again, it's not the homeopathy for dummies book. That has been those have been written. And they're out there. If that's what you gravitate to, that's fine. There are simple common ailments and things that you can run to. But it's a loaded question. And I would just say have the resource book at hand because you can always go deeper than any, any of these simple books. But these simple books can lead you to the depth that can go on for years and decades of study. And you'll still never get it all. But don't, don't worry that is like a fault of yours or mine or anybody's. It's just like this is an ongoing uh, opportunity to learn. And it takes time. The fact that I know the things that I know, I didn't know the day I read the book <laughs> or, or first opened it. I mean, this is decades later. And to some of you, it might look like magic, much like when I met my mentor in homeopathy. The things he knew looked like magic to me because I had no frame of reference. I was like, how does this dude know all this stuff? Well, you didn't meet him 20, 30 years ago when he was just learning it. Same thing here. I, you know, I'm, And I've still got more to learn. That's the thing I love about life is that uh, 
the moment you think you learned it all, there's another thing or another hundred thousand things to learn. And as for some, that's annoying. You want to be the expert. And you want to know it all. I know some stuff, but I don't know it all. And I'm okay with that. That's why I love to bring people on that know different things than I know or complimentary things or even things that seem to be in opposition to what I know. It's like, well, let's, let's explore that and see where we come out. How do we come out on the other side of that? And I think we're all, all right. We're doing better. So hopefully that's a little bit helpful to you in your question. All right. The second email I got came from Vicky. Okay. I didn't see this one. How did I miss this? All right. Uh, hi, Robert. It's been a while since I've contacted you or listened to your show. Well, what the heck? Where have you been, Vicky? <laughs> <laughs> My sister and I spoke with you a few years back at one of the old format of the Health Freedom Expo in Schaumburg, Illinois. I believe it's now in Tinley Park. Yes, the Tinley Park one's coming up October 14th and 15th. My sister shared her story about her son's brain cancer and his successful journey through alternative treatment discovered by Dr. Burton. Was it Goldberg? Or no, Burton, somebody else. Burton Goldberg wasn't a doctor. He wrote the book, a lot of the book on it. But I, I, was there another? Just a Dr. Burton. Okay. Uh, anyway, I'm now writing to you for guidance regarding my new medical dilemma. I've been losing a lot of hair, which prompted a visit to the dermatologist. As a result of some blood work results, they are referring me to a rheumatologist. My ANA titer and pattern results showed speckled 1 to 160. My a this is getting very technical. Mm -hmm. uh, ANA IFA results showed positive. My this is the first time I'm reading this, by the way. My ferritin showed 441. Thyroid function. I, I, I'm hoping that you can, now people are glazed over. I'm hoping that you can provide some guidance on rebalancing my immune system if these tests are indicating an autoimmune disease. I'm not sure where to go or what to do next to help myself with this issue. Help. Well, here's Vicky. I'm not going to chastise Vicky Superdon, but it's like this is why you have to keep listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show to reinforce what I try to, you know, remind you of. The basics always matter. And if you end up in states of autoimmunity and these tests show some level of immune response and inflammatory markers, and now you're losing hair, that means the fast reproducing cells of the body are being impacted. Um, you know, all of the basics of uh, detoxification and remineralization are more critical than ever. And uh, if we look at just hair loss, we look at silica and copper primarily as deficiencies. And if you look at ongoing chronic inflammation, you know that copper is going to be needed by the body. And oftentimes these docs that will take these tests and give you these analyses will test and say you're high in copper. But the reality is in a blood test, uh, you know, if there is a, a systemic inflammation going on, the body is trying to use all the copper it can and get it to the areas of inflammation. So it's not indeed copper toxic, but a response to find those copper stores and get them to the areas in need. So utilizing things like the bioactive copper hydrosol, the sovereign copper might be considered uh, very vital. Selenium to protect the, the cells, very vital. And that includes the, the cells of hair, for instance. Uh, as well. But detoxification, uh, you know, have you been exposed to heavy metals over the past periods of time? Are you exposed to un inordinate amounts of pesticides? We can go into the energetic realms and ask about the uh, various generations of Wi-Fi technology, cell towers to, to routers in your own home. And have you become more sensitive over the years, even if you've been exposed over the years, over time, you could be worn down where you were seemingly fine for a while and now you're not. And you'll say, well, what did I do different? Well, nothing. You were in the same environment. Over time, your body could no longer adapt to keep it strong, to, to function fully and vitally. 
again, when it's a mystery, like I don't know what it is, jump right into folium at this point. The Chernobyl level antioxidant, foliumpx.com. Use the code RSB10 to get the 10% discount. Start the folium PX, the original uh, super antioxidant, and continue on with the folium immuno next round, next month, and then uh, include the folium relax. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm more inclined to say, don't wait. You know, I know for a lot of people, we've been doing this for so long that this is a new, newer thing for all of us and an additional thing, but it's helped people break through. So I'm not saying you need to do a hundred things and then do folium. That's not my argument is like, oh, well, only do that at the last resort. If you have this starting point, integrate it now. And you have some blood test markers to, you know, to analyze to begin and you could retest after a couple of months or whatever time frame. But again, foliumpx.com, check that out. And uh, Vicki, I appreciate you reaching out and I hope you'll listen regularly and give us some updates on that. I, I don't overemphasize these tests, these blood tests, because they're, they're snapshots and they could give us some indication. But my bottom line is how are you feeling? What's going on? How are you feeling? And obviously, you see hair coming out. Yeah, not feeling happy about that. I get it. Uh, but you can you can correct that pretty quickly with the right. So something you can relate to. What are you What are you saying? No, I need a haircut. Is what no? I need. Oh, okay. Got too much hair. <laughs> You're so anyway. mean, super dog. Uh, so mean. <clears throat> all right, all right. Well, that's that's all I've got. Uh, okay. We just got word we're going to have Laban and Anna Laban Ditchburn coming through. Over the Labor Day weekend. See, these oh, are the cool. things that happen. You don't understand why, you know. It's like, why did the Cancer Control Society thing cancel? I'm not saying it canceled for my sake, but in a general sense, spirit wastes nothing. And so all of these other things are happening. And all of these things allowing me to get other things done. So nothing's wasted. Nothing's wrong. It all happens. And I'm still sorry that it canceled. But, you know, life has a way of going, this is what you need to be doing right now. So we'll have about... Uh, well, some celebration with a reunion over the weekend with Laban and Anna. That's going to be fun. Yeah. You'll have to do some, uh, do a Facebook live or a, something with them. Mm -hmm. So my buddy, Jared St. Clair, who we'll have on soon, I was on his show recently and he's going to be speaking at the Your Health Freedom Conference with me. Uh, he's asking how to connect with Jonathan Emore to get him on the show, which is I'm grateful for. Jared's going to. Speaking. Yes. Speaking of Jared St. Clair, I, I think I must be friends with him or something on Facebook because I came yeah. across mm -hmm. I came across uh, that a post of him. Now you said that he is he the one that proposed to his uh, his significant other on at the on the Matterhorn or at yes. the Matterhorn? Yes, I yes, saw the yes. I, I saw for, I, just showed up in my feed this morning. I was looking at it. I'm like, that must be the guy that Robert was talking about. Because yeah. they literally are like there in Switzerland or Sweden oh, or whatever it was. It was. And all I would yeah. say, and I said this to him, it's like, you've ruined proposals for all of us. <laughs> right. Not that I'm doing it again, but I'm saying, you know, what was my thing? I picked up my wife like a caveman, dropped her on the couch and said, we're getting married. Here's when. Oh, yeah. Did you have I mean, a, you had so a club in the other hand? Uh, yeah, I was like, this is me, the caveman uh, guy. That's what I am. So I'm like, I can't compete with uh, Jared. So if you haven't yet proposed to your, you know, bride to be, man, you might not want to see what Jared did. But he said it was his third time. He said third time's the charm. He learned better. So it was a very impressive proposal. I will say that. Uh, we'll t I'll ask him about that when he's on the show too, because uh, he he's a he's a great guy. Really appreciate him. 
And uh, I'm happy to share the stage with him at Kristen Chevrier's event. I hope that you can attend that. Uh, let me see. I'm just sending him the contacts for getting Jonathan Emord booked on the show. Let's see what else we got here. Um, let's see, health conference questions. Um, oh, yeah. The, uh, and, I, and I think I want to see if I can get uh, Jared St. Clair on the uh, telethon for Jonathan Emord as well, um, because there'll be an event we might have him speak at or show up at as well so good stuff happening so so far we've got what tom jones uh he'll be performing i think right tom, we got tom jones i think so that's awesome Here, didn't i see something about that i don't know i no? don't recall i can't keep um, up with you and all the, the guests I'm, here I'm, you know. I'm working on a mariachi band <laughs> um <You> wouldn't <clears throat> we talked about trying to get jp sears on wouldn't that be cool Oh, it would be great. I, I think Mike Adams has got to have some connections there. You would think so. So when, we got to reach out to Mike as well. That would be cool. Anyway. Okay, just trying to share some information while we're doing this. This bonus round. I can do some stuff, okay? Yeah, people don't want to just watch you do stuff, though. They don't? You're putting all the pressure on me. I got to say something. Yeah, pressure. While you, you, while you do stuff. But you, you, we can do stuff off the air, though. You didn't do stuff on the show. Well, everything you did today was behind the scenes until late. Yeah, well, and that's which was how great it, that you could. It happened. So, yeah. You know. yeah. So, anyway, <sighs> what else? All right. So, what do we got going on tomorrow? Tomorrow's Friday. Oh, yeah. We should have uh, 10th Amendment Center. No, I was just chatting with him. What's he saying? He's not going to be in studio because there's construction going on uh, in, the, in the building that he's in. Yeah. So he's going to attempt to try and uh, connect by phone. Mm -hmm. um, initially, I guess, video. And then if that doesn't work out, we'll just get him on the phone phone. Okay. So, but we're going to hopefully. Way, we'll have some fun. We'll try and test between now and then to see if, how it works. I invited Kristen Chevrier to talk about her event. Uh, but I haven't, let's see if I've heard back from her. She hadn't responded if she's available. Because I think we got our first hours wide open tomorrow. Yeah. Yes, it is. So we'll see. Uh, if right. not, listen, there's always stuff we can talk about. Yeah. Always stuff we can talk about. That's right. Replying to Douglas Materia Medica. Yes. Leslie, the Materia Medica. I, I should write it in there. I think we had a question of the, about the book. Let me see if I can spell it. B-O-E-R-I-C-K-E-S. Materia Medica. This is, I think, on Facebook they're asking about this. Let's see if that works. Orkies, Materia Medica. There we go. All right, what else? Uh, JPC started his live show on Rumble about three weeks ago. I think you probably have him on. Yeah, we should have him on. We've not had JPC on the show. Uh, so Rumble, How, anybody been on Rumble chat today? What's going on? No chatting on Rumble, just okay. people watching. Okay. Yep. So on that note. All right. Well, we got it. We did it. Good show, yep. my friend. Thank you to Jonathan Emord. Thank you to Lee Dundas. Thank you to Super D. And thank you to all y'all for sharing the show. I think we've tentatively set a date for our next Zoom AMA. For those of you who didn't participate in your patrons of the show, uh, Super Don got it up pretty quickly, the video from last AMA, which was great. And uh, have I got all the addresses to send the goodies that people want? Yeah, you should. Okay. I think the... I don't think I've got... The, I, one, I that, I the one that was out... Uh, that was uh, we were waiting on was Aubrey's, and you said that she gave that to you personally. So yeah, yeah, I sent it to her. I think yeah. she might have received it already, but okay. 
Leslie, thanks for the, your vote of support on Thursdays. All right. You've been driving kids around all afternoon. Yeah, I've, I've seen you in action. Yeah. So uh, if I'm there, I'd have to run on pie. That's the only way I could keep it going. <sighs> all right. So let's see. Bolden tomorrow. And then uh, we'll see what we got for the Sunday conversation. I talked with Kevin. He was in Israel today. He's got some funny stories, dude. You gonna maybe talk with him for Sunday? I, I well, I've he wants to come on during the weekday live, and I don't. Okay. That's why I said to him, I said Sunday or you want to come on live because I want to hear these stories, very funny stories. Because customer service in Israel is not like customer service in America, and I know that customer service in America can be wide and varied depending on where you are in America. Like Boston and New York is a lot different than you know Georgia and Alabama in terms of customer service, and and I'm more inclined to enjoy the customer service in Georgia and Alabama. Uh, nice people trying to do things. I know it's a generalization, but when you hear the stories of the things Kevin's going through with customer service at, at retail or, or other stores where you have to deal with the public, oh, and Kevin, how he how he does how he deals with it, it's just all Kevin. Um, I was laughing, you know. I'm like, and 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 it's so frustrating. It's like you have to laugh or else you're going to cry when you deal with some of these folks that just don't understand the concept of. Yes, we serve our customers here. We want to keep our customers happy. And maybe some of them don't actually care <laughs> to do that. So I look forward to getting that on, on the air. Did you see uh, Tulsi Gabbard? She, is she running for president again or is she just a, I don't think so. It, or is she? If she is, it's not like she's going to win. But. No, but I do like her. I mean, she's not a neocon. And she says uh, her latest uh, post on X or Twitter, newest Trump indictment is Biden admins latest tyrannical tactic to distract and drain resources from his main political adversary. So now anyone who criticizes how government runs an election is a criminal, right? Uh, she says the Dem elites are destroying our democracy country. Now, I know that sounds partisan, but it's also true at this point. And this is not a ringing endorsement of every Republican. You know that about the show. I hope you do. Um, we keep it real. I believe we do. And when we don't, or if we don't, I hear from you. So there, you know, even to mention the T word on this show, some people get upset as we talk about, but uh, we're the not. The T word? The T word, Trump. Oh, that's yeah. the T word? Okay. Yeah, apparently. Some people are like, I can't stand, don't bring him up. I'm like, dude, just, we got to talk. We got to be able to talk about stuff. I don't talk about it all the time, but, uh, you know. She's, she's an independent. I forgot about that. Tulsi's independent, yeah. Yeah, she left the Democratic But party. unlike uh, Nikki Haley, is that her name? She was yeah. the governor of South Carolina. Yeah. She's a neocon. She's all yep. for the warfare all the time. And she's now the darling they're trying to prop up as the she'll come in because everybody's canceling everybody out and Trump's in jail or whatever they're, they're saying. Uh, I just don't. We don't need another neocon. We already got them in the Democratic Party. We don't need more of them in the Republican Party. Just saying. She ran in 2020, but it does not look like she's running this this time around. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that, that's all, folks. We say it that way. We can. All right. You just did. I just did. So. So thank you for tuning in, hanging out with us. We will be back tomorrow. Friday, Friday, Friday. That's right. All right. You guys have a good afternoon. We'll see you then.